Greetings, and welcome to A Peak Beneath the Veil, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons homebrew campaign courtesy of Tabletop Notch. My companions will tell you that I, Erland Loftefell, have been known to bend the truth, but trust me when I say that A Peak Beneath the Veil goes live every Sunday at 7pm Eastern at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Previously aired episodes can be found on both our Twitch and YouTube channels. You can also catch every episode right here in podcast form every Tuesday. Come with me now to anti-sue you for the next chapter of A Peak Beneath the Veil. In chapter 77, a match fixed, a man kicked. We looked to Mohan Fowler for an explanation regarding the nighttime attempt on Bazaar's life, and while he seemed immensely frustrated, he didn't seem entirely surprised. The would-be assassins were all gentle void who were reprimanded after Bazaar's escape from Leopold's garrison. In the grudge-bearing, eye-for-an-eye world of the modern GV, that was an insult that could not stand. Mohan didn't think we'd see further retaliation, but we set up watches just in case, and he promised to try and sniff out any additional dissent among his employees at the docks. A late night was coming to a close in Naupa as well, with the party returning from assisting the Radiran elves, and we lingered just a moment longer to place a note beneath the West End Bridge to finally set a definitive meeting with whoever had been communicating through Gumari's giant grimoire. It wasn't the best night of sleep we've ever had, but we were happy to start a new day in Navikapura. And it didn't hurt that Satyria had arranged a special breakfast for us at the Upa Ale House. The items of greater importance on our agenda seemed to be reserved for later in the day, but our morning plans consisted of a pair of rigged activities. After discussing some new leads with the always prodding Villapont Willoughby, Bazaar and Graven reported to the Tall Ports, where a rematch with Wilson Cleaver would restore his honor and simultaneously give us a window of opportunity to further utilize our P.I. Bizarro was loath to paint herself as a poor pugilist, (laughs) but she swallowed her pride and put on a good show that was as convincing as it was embarrassing. Graven followed suit, and we left the docks sore, wondering where we'd head next while Villapont did his thing, listening to his little birdies. Another stacked deck was over at Boffin Estates, where Erland and Safira had arrived to race through a maze that they were already familiar with. The prize was nothing spectacular, but a little extra spending coin never hurt, and our monk was making good time, dashing from flag to flag, until he discovered the final banner was not in the same spot from the night before. While Erland searched, a scrawny man with a club emerged and demanded we give him all our gold, but he had grossly underestimated his mark and Erland sent him tumbling to the ground with one ferocious kick to the head. Not missing a beat, Erland channeled his key to make a hasty exit, and we argued with Mr. Boffin and his assistant Ned over whether this pathetic ambush had been planned from the start. We left not knowing whether we'd get the prize we were promised, and there was a pang of guilt as it dawned on Erland that he may have killed the thief. But without seeing the body, it was impossible to know for sure. <laughs> so it was to other business for the <laughs> As all this was going on, Orba made a trip back to Nakuzi, learning along the way that the underground Steederway was nearing completion, and also that Llewellyn Hogs had been asking around about us after we left, 
It was something to consider for when we all met up back in Nagarwis, but for now, Orba's interest was in commissioning a tattoo from the artist Butez, who we'd met yesterday on the road. While she was there, she recognized one design in his sketchbook as the same that was seen between Roy's toes, Leto's husband that had become mixed up in the world of Mycrawl. Despite picking up some clues that Butez wasn't being entirely honest about the tattoo's meaning, Orba didn't want to press the issue too hard just yet, and she described in detail a beautiful flower tattoo that she planned to get on the back of her hand. Having taken care of some unusual bits of business across the townships, we gave some thought to where we'd be heading next, and as Mazara and Graven braced themselves for another round of admon admonishment at the hands of Senka Uberti, <laughs> we wondered. Oh, no. <laughs> as the day wore on, what would happen if Cliff Ironcloud came calling at the same time we were plotting our ambush at the Upa Alehouse? What, if Saphira, what was Saphira prepared to do if she saw Erland heading to a second location with the person or people who'd been writing through GGG? And what would Graven and Bizarre be reduced to... And, boy, I'm just... <laughs> Nailed that. <laughs> Should we sign off? <laughs> and would Graven and Bizarre be reduced to cleaning out sewage pipes in an attempt to garner some favor amongst the locals oh. and finally get someone to talk to us? Oh my god. We find out now <clears throat> on chapter 78 of A Peak Beneath the Bay. Yeah, I want that for you. Yeah, well, there's a lot of admonishment in this uh, <laughs> sector. For perhaps the first time since maybe her carriage ride with Lieutenant Colonel Massif on the approach to Mopo. Safira enjoys an extended bit of time alone with her thoughts. She saddles up and rides east in the direction of Nakuzi, taking the same bridge out of town that quickly leaves the bustle of the bow myrtle deanst area behind her. Like Orba a couple of hours prior, you let the sounds of the travelers along the path wash over you, and in those moments in between, when it seems you have the road entirely to yourself for a short stretch, you spare a thought for home, your favorite places to visit in the Kiral wilderness, what you would say to your brothers and sisters in arms, and what Wachi Faro might think of the skills you've acquired and the people you've taken as your traveling companions. As those thoughts of Wachi are swirling in your head, you spot something that harkens back to your time with him. A little ways off the road, it looks like someone is leading an archery lesson, kind of little fenced-in enclosure that maybe at another time might be used for corralling cattle or horses. The students are young, early teenagers perhaps, and they're awkwardly kind of loosing arrows at a variety <laughs> of targets downfield. After adjusting the sort of arm position of one of the kids, you see him kind of go and like lift his elbow up to sort of help him with his posture. The instructor turns just enough to see the face of a man that you recognize. It looks like it's Sarandero strutting down the line of these sort of amateur archers. He's got a smile on his face. You can see him kind of lean in and offer wor wor words of encouragement to some of the kids who are kind of missing with their arrow, sort of firing off into the <laughs> distance. And he, for a moment, kind of flicks his eyes in the direction of the road just as he's kind of moving down the line. And he has a similar moment of recognition as he kind of sees you, having seen you the day before. He then kind of checks very quickly to make sure that all the youths are all right, not doing anything dangerous before taking a couple steps towards you and he kind of raises a hand away. He gives one look back to the kids and he takes a couple steps closer out. I mean, th this little sort of range is maybe a hundred feet off the path, but he takes a, you know, a little walk sort of journey over towards close to the edge of the road. You were at, um, 
my graduate demonstration yesterday. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Attending with a, a friend of yours, I believe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, um... He signed up for the interest list for my toughness program. Yeah, he, he did. He told me that. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't mean anything by it, I, I don't think you put your name down. I, no, I, I, uh, I didn't. Nothing uh, there that caught your interest, or maybe just a matter of time, which I can understand? Mostly a matter of time, yeah. Uh, this I'm uh, quite familiar with, but um, <laughs> other things I might, you know need to learn. I'm not sure that will be accomplished on this trip, though. Everybody has their own time. Every couple of months I do a little basic training wilderness retreat with some of the kids in Avikapura. We, it's not much. You do a little archery, a little sword play. We camp overnight in the woods, hunt for food as we go. It's fun. I, I actually recognize you from a distance, not from the way you look, but because, and he kind of points sort of hitched to the side of the horse there, you carry two bows, short oh. and a long. It's sort of unusual, most favor one or the other. Yeah, well, one of them is sort of unusual. And the way you ride, the way you carry yourself, if I had to hazard a guess, I'd say you're ex-military. Uh, all good posture. Ex-ballerina, maybe. Possible. <laughs> I once, um, he gives one kind of look back to kids, make sure nothing's happening back there. I once trained uh, with an older gentleman, he was a ranger, and he carried two bows just like that. He served in the Bloodhawk Infantry Division in Kiira, and he shared my passion for weapon craft. We'd swap techniques and spar occasionally. I think fondly back on those times. Yeah, sounds like a nice guy. That doesn't ring a bell to you at all? What was the name? Uh, no, not the name of the man. The, the Bloodhawk Infantry and the two bows. No, not really. Make a deception check. Oh, <laughs> dearest me. This motherfucker! He's trained with a lot of people. God. He has trained with a lot of people. <laughs> and my deception is not good. Seven. Seven. <laughs> well, this uh, man... His name is Hollis, Vecro Hollis. Uh, he was, um, let's say, a ballerina too. <laughs> One thing that he had that I could never replicate, and I'm admittedly jealous about it, he had a very strong spiritual connection to one of the bows that he had. Wild Ordnance, he called it. No matter how many hours I spend trying to get in touch with nature or my spirituality, uh, I couldn't get the sword to grant me the shape-shifting capabilities that he had access to. It was really a marvel, something to behold. But still, we, we experimented a lot and we discovered something interesting. While the Wild Ordinance served as a vessel for the spirits within it, the spirits weren't bound to that particular weapon, and with a bearer that they trusted, they could be coaxed into inhabiting a different weapon. Vecro was able to save himself the trouble of carrying two bows, and then just kept the one that he preferred. 
That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> he thought so. Cool. Uh, spirits that inhabited his weapon of choice, it also seemed to strengthen their bond. It was able to shapeshift more frequently. And we found some other useful techniques that this sort of strength and bond had unlocked. One was Vecro had a particular difficulty with his bow that after he'd shifted forms, once it had come to an end, he was in a compromised position. But we worked on a way to make the use of the form less risky. So are you making a proposal to me here? Because I haven't heard the proposal bit. Oh, I'm just an old man telling tales, I guess. I'd like to hear the proposal, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Make a persuasion check. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You tell me out. Oh, <laughs> natural 20! Wow. wow. I've got the kids today and through the night, but maybe tomorrow or the day after, you could come by my training grounds and maybe I could show you what Vecro and I talked about. If it interested you, and if it had any bearing on your life as a ranger. I, uh, I would definitely be interested, yeah. So I should meet you here? Uh, no, my grounds that you were at yesterday. Oh, right, okay. And you said tomorrow, because you've got the kids today. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, right. I'd like to hear... Just if it, uh, suits your fancy, I guess. It does suit my fancy, yeah. <laughs> Good to know. And give me a, a, a history check as well. Mm. Come on. Oh, baby. Here we go. What the hell is... Oh, I got a plus one. 19. <laughs> Here we go, six. <laughs> Here we go. The name Vecro Hollis also rings a bell. You've never met the man, but from, as a little girl, reading history books, specifically about the Bloodhawk Infantry Division, mm -hmm. of which Wachi Furo was a member of, yes. one of the other men in the Infantry Division was Vecro Hollis. You've definitely heard the name before, so it doesn't Would seem like... Would he recognize me if I... No, you've never met him I've personally. Yeah. Okay. As far as... Yeah, you don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe before you go, you could uh, put on a show for the kids. <gasps> Yeah, sure. Come on, I'll show you something. And I'm gonna kind of straighten oh, up. Pop off the horse a little bit. Number. This guy does have my he number. He goes over to the kitchen. <laughs> Alright, everybody, bows down. Unknock your arrows. Take them out. We're gonna see a little demonstration from... Sephira. Sephira here. It's a ranger. And uh, I normally save this for my demonstration, but... I'm not as good at it. And he reaches into kind of a bag, and he has these kind of, like, almost like plates. They're like little discs, and they have uh, drawings of birds on them. Okay. So he's, there's like frisbee oh, no. shaped. Oh, yeah. And he sort of <laughs> takes them out. We're going to see what, uh, with enough practice and time and discipline. Glasses. That you're able <laughs> Please roll well. to do with a bow. Because sooner or later, you're going to be hunting for more than just, uh, deer and small game. You're gonna be going for bigger and better things. And he sort of holds the disc up. Oh my god. You say when. When? <laughs> Throws it out. <laughs> Give me an attack no! roll. No! Yes! Here it is. Embarrass yourself I'm so scared. Oh, I'm not going to. Oh, here we go. <laughs> 
23. They can't see me doing the simple math. <laughs> throws the, the sort of bird frisbee. You see it kind of go out. It's, it's very light. It kind of rises in the air. And as it gets just to its apex, Saphir tracks it with her bow and <laughs> looses the arrow. <laughs> and it like breaks into two pieces. And all the kids are, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of clapping sort of comes out. And Saphir will kind of do like a little. <laughs> oh, well like, done. Well done. So you see that? Tell them what it means. Tell them discipline is the key. Discipline is the key. You hear that? And he sort of touches one of the kids. You hear that, John? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, but I would say listen to yourself. Listen to your breathing. Keep yourself steady. It's all good advice. And uh, maybe later on, after our retreat, uh, Saphira can grace us with her presence later and we'll do a little something else. Everyone thanks, Safira. Thank you, Safira. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll see you tomorrow, hopefully. See you tomorrow. Enjoy your ride. I just think everyone's so fun. Have a good rest of your day. And I'm going to kind of give the kids <laughs> another little wave. They give you a wave. Some kids are already kind of... Some kids are like, one goes over to grab one of the discs and like tosses it in the air. <laughs> and a couple arrows sort of... Adorable. So you hop back on your horse. Can you have a moment here to kind of ride? <laughs> 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 if you had to turn into a tortoise in the air, would you have just fallen 50 feet? <laughs> it does have to be a creature. Uh, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Watch this, kids. So you continue your riding. And we're going to hop over. Now, at the end of last episode, you guys were headed out of uh, all hands on deck in the direction of uh, reciprocity, but yeah. but um, you can have a moment here to chat okay. as you guys are you know making your way. Oh, let me bring up the map. And it's also not much past like 10 a.m. at this point. Oh, it's past noon at this point. Oh, it is? Yeah, you guys sat at the bar for a while. After yeah. it's about noon. Okay. Yeah, a little okay. past noon. So you guys okay. are sort of you know you're in this area, so you, you can talk and sort of have a moment. I know Senka keeps late hours. Maybe not as late as Hatchet, but mm. perhaps we should stop by the other ports this morning to see if we can get any other information to share. Any information would be nice, yes. I would hate to return to her empty-handed with anything, so hopefully it would be helpful to get at least some answer to give her or some sort of lead. Yes. Hopefully, Mohan's name still means something. I would like to try to talk to this Franco character. I... Uh, I think so. I mean, it wasn't really Mohan who they were after, it was me. What do you say we ingratiate ourselves with the custodian of the short ports? And then we can ask them where we can find some of these people. I think that might be a smart idea. Okay. Are you ready to, uh... Get a little dirty. If I must. Oh my god. Let's go. Um, and also, just in terms of timeline, yes, Senka does keep late hours, but remember that she's like, in the evening, she's Busy. in business mode. So right. she, that's the thing, she turned you oh, away yeah. because it was late. Not that you don't have some right. time. Right. Okay. So just when you say. For the busy season starts. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you cross to the south side of the estuary. You arrive at the short ports. And while the ships here are smaller and the piers less pronounced, it doesn't make this portion of the harbor any less busy. 
The clomping of boots on wood and stone is a ceaseless bit of background noise. And as soon as one of the boats sets off, there's another one coming in to take its place. A line of longshoremen ready to get their hours in, offloading goods, seeing to the maintenance above and below deck. A string of profanities rings out a little ways down the boardwalk when the wheel of a cart gets loose, causing a few crates to kind of topple out, and immediately a few people scurry over to get the cart righted again. Not really because they're kind and want to help, but because they know how quickly delays can pile up, and what now is someone else's problem can soon become a problem for you, if all am, things... Am I close enough to You see, immediately, it doesn't even, like, fully break down. It starts to kind of tip, and a few people go over to kind of right it. It's not, like, causing a scene in the air. So you, the bustle is all around you. You can tell more so than the tall ports, which had more space and just more people, especially coming in from uh, off the continent, like from other places. You get some sideways glances here. Right away, this is a group that is extremely aware of who's supposed to be here and who's not. So you get a couple people kind of moving things along. And you get some just kind of glances. Nobody says anything or stops you, just mm -hmm. people who can clearly tell that, you know, you're not meant to be here pretty quickly. You still don't have armor or, or yep. weapons on mm -hmm. us, right? Yep. No, just that they don't recognize you and they're, yeah. they're used to knowing who's there. Right. Uh, is there anyone who looks like they work there more than anybody else? I don't know. They're all they look like they work there. Okay. For... I'll just... Yeah. Somebody nearby. Yeah. Pastor Nackle. Uh, Where might I find them? Yeah, you gotta go... Um, I think she's through the foreman's quarters. He sort of points at a nearby building. Thank you. Yeah. Goes on his way. You see a little building nearby. It has kind of an outdoor, um, like the wall is open up so you can easily move kind of goods in and out. You see a number of desks that have people sort of with books, quills, writing down, taking inventory of all the things coming in and out. As you saw mm -hmm. a similar thing over near the uh, the tall ports. Uh, yeah, go, go right in. All right, start to head in. So inside these foreman's quarters, the energy of the ports doesn't slow down at all. It seems like every second you see or feel someone passing by you to place a ledger on a shelf or make a marking on a chart that's on the wall. You see a number of these detailed drawings of boats and they have writing on them to show like what's coming in below and above deck and what's meant to go out after that. There's a rugged man in a black kind of frock coat with his hair tied back into a ponytail and a hand crossbow buckled to his thigh. He's exchanging papers with one of these people that has one of these ledgers. It looks like they're sort of exchanging notes. And he spots you come in and immediately calls out to you from kind of across the room. He's maybe 20, 15, 20 feet away from you. You two aren't from the Merrowmark, are you? Because I already told your captain you came in too early. No. You're not. We won't waste any of your time. And he kind of closes the book that he's on. Well, here. then you got even less reason to be here. We're looking for Pastor Mackle. She wanted help with something. He turns back to the man that he was, like, exchanging the book with. Tell Riggins and Hana, no matter how much they fucking whinge, they're not getting shifts for the rest of the week. They can run that anti-gentleboy bullshit somewhere else where I don't have to hear about it. And the person sort of runs on. What were those names again? <laughs> He talked to, he said, tell Riggins and Hana. Yeah. Those are the two names. Yeah. Yeah. You'll excuse my confusion, but you two hardly look like the type for custodial work. Well, you, maybe. Oh! We worked together. <clears throat> Seemed right up her alley. 
hallway, second door on the right. And he starts to go back to his business. Never went. Who's with all these looks? These people have a serious problem with outsiders. <laughs> Seems that way. So you take the go down the little hallway. It's very short, and there's like there's two doors on each side. So two doors on the left, two doors on the right. Get to the second door onto the right. Before you open the door, brief wafts of something putrid oh, and stale oh, no. are permeating from the gaps around the frame. Oh, no. Turning your head, you open it up and you peer inside where a sp- staircase spirals down into the basement. A ripe, malodorous stench hanging thick in the air. You can hear sounds of scrubbing. And as you steal yourself, you descend, and you catch sounds of humming as well. Someone humming down below. You get to the bottom and you find yourself in a kind of, it looks like an intermediary room. There's pipes leading both in the west-facing and east-facing walls, and then it looks like they've been disassembled in the middle. So there's like a hole here in the wall, a hole here in the wall, and there's a pipe that would fit in the, where to connect those, but she has taken the pipe out so she can mm-hmm. do maintenance on the pipes there. It, like, how big? Uh, like, big enough for oh. Bizarra to crawl into, not big enough for you to crawl into. Uh, <laughs> aren't you just a lucky guy? I can help in other ways. The rankness in here is borderline unbearable. <laughs> no. But the woman doesn't seem to mind. And you reach the bottom, she turns to stare at you with these almost cartoonishly large eyes. And she's got smudges on your, her face that you hope are dirt, but you know deep down are perhaps something more organic in nature. And she sort of sits up with her scrub brush, and she looks at you as you're descending the staircase. Oh, you don't have to hurt me. I told Arenado I'd go back in myself if we couldn't find someone to do it. We're not here to hurt you. We're here to hopefully help. Yes, we're here to help. (laughs) Oh, that's much better news than I thought you were going to give me. Mm. So you're here to clean the pipe. (sighs) Tell us the nature of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) What does the cleaning entail exactly? Well, the sewage system of Wampuranina wasn't built to handle the kind of volume that it's experiencing now. The population here is exploding. Most of the time, the blockages are somewhere where I can get at. But there's a pipe that comes all the way from what used to be the Broken Crown Station in Fangle. They've since moved. And I don't think anyone's moved into that building yet. But somehow the pipe coming in there is clogged. The blockage causes gases to build up, putting pressure on the other pipes. And I'm worried that if it keeps up, we're going to have a breakdown of the sewer system. And worst of all... I'll be blamed for it. Oh no. That sounds awful. I think just because of the length of the pipe, they tried to save money by making it smaller. Hmm. And what do you have to do exactly to declog the pipes? Well, it depends on what it is. Like I said, I can't get all the way in there. (laughs) This is a long pipe. Yes, it's a very long pipe. How long? Well, it goes all the way to the Broken Crown Station in Fangle. <laughs> Here, that's over there. <laughs> <laughs> and how 
I can give you my dumb knife. Like a knife that has like a hooked end on it that you could use to like peck at a clogged <coughs> surface of some kind. And, and when <coughs> when one would uh, pick at the clog, I guess, all of the residue just washes down the pipe to where? I suppose, like I said, it, we don't know exactly what's causing the blockage. So anything could just go through. I guess, yeah. Bizarre. Yes. We could always have a bath afterwards. <gasps> we. <laughs> you. You could always have a scrub. I understand. Multiple, probably. This is not uh, what you signed up for, but... I don't think there's any trick to it. You just head west through the pipe till you find a blockage and you break it up. However you can. Oh my god. Hmm. And you would need someone pretty small, I guess. What would... I tried, but you only get so far. What would you say was the most notable thing you've ever found blocking the pipes? A notable thing? Something that you really didn't think should have been there. Um, maybe a dead animal once. And um, the smell right now, is that because of this clog? No, I think that's how they always smell. And this one would probably be a bit worse. It's possible. Like I said, I don't know what's clogging <laughs> Right. Um, well, I, I would be willing to try my hand at the clog. That would be great. If for any reason it's any worse than just a smell and you end up... Passing out? No, poisoned in some way. I can help you, so just know that. Great. <laughs> I will Thank say, you. I do have to scrub out one of the pipes that deposits into the east bank. They didn't make it steep enough, so the shit piles up. I have to take care of that before it becomes a problem, so could you just come back a little later today, maybe a couple of hours? You, you, you don't need us right now. Well, no, I have to scrape out that poop on my own. <laughs> and then you can come back this... and do this one. I just can't leave you alone. This isn't something we could do on our own. Well, I'm not authorized to leave someone in here without being supervised. Somebody checks on whether there's people in the poo pipes. <laughs> well, if someone got stuck in the pipe and I didn't know that they got stuck, then I could get in trouble for that. But wouldn't you know that I'm in the pipe? No. Well, but if I'm working on the poo, then I won't know. <laughs> we are... very... Credible. Well suited for this. I'm very strong. I think you can trust us to do it on our own and we won't hurt your reputation. That's great. Could you come back in a couple of hours? <laughs> sure. Could I have my dome knife back? Of course. And she kind of picks off oh. a little sort of spot on her face. Um, while we're waiting, is the short ports here where we would find the likes of uh, McKenna and Franco? 
Was McKenna not the one who sent you in? Oh! Possibly. What about the other one? What was the other one? Palomar Franco. No, Palomar works at the Tall Ports. Of course. <laughs> Alright. Two hours. That sounds good. I should have it done by then unless it's bad. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Thank you. We'll see you in a bit. I'll see you then. Wait, is this something we could help you with now to make it quicker? Well, it's just moving poo. <laughs> she seems stubborn. Okay. I, I don't know, yeah, she yeah, seems yeah. to be... She, you can tell that she's given certain duties that yeah. she's expected to perform, <sighs> and also that, based on her interaction about the pipe as well, like, she was authorized to seek out help for this, and that's why she can, that she's, yeah. like, she's afraid of stepping on people's toes. Okay, we will be back in about two hours. She goes back to the floor. I guess McKenna was the one who... Yes, he's probably right there in the other room. Uh, (laughs) Very... Seems like a busy person. Well, so are we. What I'm saying is, I don't know what we could ask him right now that he'd be willing to talk to us about. I guess. He's not going to talk to us about migrant extract or missing people in the middle of his work day. True. Palmer's not even here. No, of course he's not. (laughs) I also say, I think Moan told you that Palmer wasn't even working today. Um, When you spoke to him, he said he he would talk to Palmer, but that he wasn't working today, which is why he wouldn't be able to see him at the docks. Um, Yes. Should we just take our hand at Sanka? Try the reciprocity again. And even if we have to maybe fib some things that we may know. Mm, just maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh. We have ideas. <laughs> sure. Maybe just make me can, look good, Graven. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can look for a clothespin for your nose. Oh, God. I think anything would help, but also I don't think anything would help. <laughs> I, have, I have light and mending magic, but not purging of scents or anything like that. I'm sorry. It's okay. I appreciate what you've offered, but looks like I'll just have to bear it. Alright. All right. Let's go. Alright, guys, start to head in that direction. <clears throat> oh my god. A confusing morning has left Erlin <laughs> walking back to the Upa Ale House in a muddled state. What was supposed to be an easy grift turned into an ill-conceived robbery. What was supposed to be a warning kick turned into a brutal roundhouse. Both following what was supposed to be a quiet night to clear your head with an extra drink that turned into a rescue mission. And yet another reminder that your debts seem to pile up and follow you wherever you go. When you get to the courtyard of the Upa Ale House, there's a small smattering of people enjoying a midday meal, and it looks like Satiria has returned to her post at the bar. Though you spot the young man that had taken over in the morning that you spoke to briefly, he's seeing to other duties, specifically it looks like he's hanging some decorations around the perimeter of the amphitheater, possibly in, you know, preparation of tonight's <laughs> performance by Burmese Yord. So you come here and, you know, at this sort of 
just past noon hour, there are people grabbing lunch, having a bite to eat, having a drink, you know, so there's people around, it's not empty. Uh, I'm gonna sort of uh, walk sort of past the crowd, past the bar, and like, stop, and sort of go back to the bar, and sort of get Satiria's attention. Sure, yeah, she, it looks like she was in the middle of serving someone yeah. else, but she sees you immediately. <clears throat> she kind of leans over on the bar. Someone had a busy night. Uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to thank you for breakfast. Very good. I suppose I should be thanking you. For helping the elves. Are you Radiran? Are you... No. Like I said, there's people who need protection from all the bullshit. Sure, but what's your investment in this other than some vague sense of protection. There's lots of people here in town who I'm sure also deal with a lot of bullshit. This is my cause. Do you have one? Sure. Sure I do. She doesn't ask, she doesn't pursue the Just the Radiran elves or sort of forgotten elves around the land? No, I'm, I have an interest in all of the sort of isolated elven communities. I just... The Radirans have been in need of help more so than others recently. I suppose that's true. The Ackley Elves hold their own, sort of by themselves. Yes. Are there any other sort of pockets that I might not know about? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, I think... Um, she she, she, is she fully Elven or is she half Elven? She is fully, fully Elven, elven. yes. Yeah, so let me look back uh, really quick. I believe... She mentioned this before... Mm. Just when you overheard her talking, I think when you first came to the Ube Ale House. Yeah. Um, the Citravada elves, or she actually. The Citravadas, as well, a protected community. They live in the Waning Woods, very northernmost end of Antisuya. We haven't heard the Waning Woods yet, have we? No, like, no. That's the first time. Would I know, if she said the northern end, would I need to like clarify roughly where that is? Or? If you looked at a map, there's a large woods at the northern okay. tip of Antisuya that you would. What's, what's their story? Where have they been pushed out of? Um, not yet, but there's a, a tree in their forest called the God Tree, and the Citravadas have a very high concentration of clerics. The gods seem to bless these elves. But as people continue to expand and cities try to grow their borders, it threatens this forest, especially when the natural resources there are so plentiful. But still, for the moment, they are up above the mountain range, so it's difficult to get there. Well, I've never uh, been even remotely close to them. Have you ever been? No, not the Citravad, not the Waning Woods, no. How did the Redeerans know to... I'll, actually, I'll switch to Alan for this. I'll say, how did the Redeerans know to contact you? <laughs> Elven roots run deep in Antisuya. You're hiding something. <laughs> Maybe. If you see my friend, let them know I'll be up in my room. Will do. As you kind of start to walk up, you're passing through, like, between some of the tables and things, people eating and drinking. You do notice one uh, man who seems to be moving from table to table, not, like, sitting in his own spot. And he seems to be offering kind of pleasantries, words of encouragement. He doesn't seem to be asking them for anything. 
And most of the people that regard him, they, they give him a sort of smile or a nod, but they don't converse further. It also doesn't seem like they don't recognize him. Like, he'll come over and sort of say something to someone, a pleasantry to them, and they'll kind of look at him and give him a smile and nod, as if they've seen him before. It doesn't seem sort of foreign to them. And you pick up a little piece of conversation as you're walking in that direction. The gods bless you. May they bless your journey and your day. The lock of foo you speak to all and ask for nothing. Have a blessed day. And he sort of goes to another table. The Navikapura chapter of the Lock of Fuyu is coming. We hope that you will consider stopping by on occasion. Just listening is enough. That is all we should do. Listen to our neighbors. Listen to the gods. And conduct ourselves in a way that is worthy of their attention. Bless you. So again, sort of moving from table to table. Can I just, as I'm sort of, I guess, walking past the bar, just sort of tap someone on the shoulder? Who's the, um, who's this sort of chatty one over there? It's Hamish. <gasps> Hamish, what, what is, what, what, why is he, what's he doing? Hamish Wyland, I think. And, uh, I think he's interested in starting up a Lakafuyu chapter in Navikapura, but I know there's some resistance because he's an outsider, so... I don't know, he's been here for a few months trying to win over the locals, I suppose. Is there not a significant... Church in Nakuzi? That's not Lakafuyu. No, oh. it's Nukelki. Oh, right. Religion. Uh, Alright. That's what I say. Seems nice enough, though. I don't know. Comes by sometimes. Alright, so he's Lakafuyu, you said? Yeah. Alright. Um, well, cheers. Yeah, have a good one. And I'll sort of proceed up the stairs. Right. Start proceed up the stairs. Great. So you get up to the top. I think you guys paid for another evening. Yeah, I think we yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, paid. Yeah. So you still have that room in the back corner. Um, is there anything you would like to do during this time? Uh, do we have a window in the room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does it look out onto? Uh, there's two windows. So one of them looks uh, north. That looks out towards like the vast farm acreage. Here, I'll bring up. Uh, I'll still have to that up. Uh, let me bring up Na Upa. Upa. So this is the Upa Ale House. So one of them looks out sort of here. So it's looking over some buildings, but out towards the farmland. Okay. And then the other one looks uh, east, sort of out towards the road. So can I see the amphitheater from our room? Um, like sort not of from the amphitheater. windows. Uh, the amphitheater's outside. Yeah, it's, it's in that little sort of courtyard. Right yeah, there, right? you cannot see the amphitheater. You're in the back corner of the upstairs, so yeah, that doesn't okay. look out towards the amphitheater. Um, can I then just, I guess, looking out both windows, can I sort of just try and... Uh, get a sense of the lay of the land uh, in terms of like alleyways I can see because if I'm a little sure. high up I want to get a sense of like give me a perception uh, both windows yeah you know? give me a perception mm-hmm. uh, perception is ten. Ten. alright let me uh, bring this over for a second so I can get a little closer roll for initiative <laughs> oh my god oh my god Don't so <laughs> From the Upehel house looking out, you are able to see that like there's some packed uh, houses along this little row here, mm-hmm. and you can see this little area in the middle. So there is like a sort of conjoined backyard of a number of houses. They share this backyard all together. And that looks residential? These are mostly residential, yeah, okay. all these houses here. As you get closer to the farms, it's residential, but also some barns, fenced-in areas, sort of uh, um, animals. Geez. So you see that little area down there in the middle. And then looking out the other window, that looks towards that area where you um, 
went to Niels Bogus's <clears throat> chemical shop. It's much more densely packu- uh, populated. The uh, places are closer together, and they have that uh, sort of appearance of not sort of indulgent wealth, but the houses are very well constructed. The stones, sort of the, the work on the tile work yeah. on the roof. So yeah, those are the two things. Can I in uh, in this little courtyard here, are there like, are they sort of traditional backyards? Are there windows on the back of the houses that people look out onto? Are there like, you can't does see it look like these are ones because they're out there. Yeah, you can't see these ones because yeah. they're, they're facing the way. It does look like there's windows out back for some of the houses. Okay. And yeah, you see um, people hanging laundry, you see some small gardens, like people using it as a general purpose right. kind of backyard there. Scouting mission complete. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have to kill anyone. Yeah, I know. Perfect. Perfect. Turns out. Yeah. So then after sort of doing that, I'll, I'll draw the curtains and sort of sit on my bed and start doing some of the breathing, breathing okay. exercises that Ja Hutton taught me. How many would you like to do? Or I'm going to start with one right. breathing exercise. It takes a moment to kind of center himself. He finally, like Safira a moment ago, sort of takes the opportunity, a little time alone, not having to necessarily worry about his companions. He knows where they are. Takes a moment to breathe and... Work on his own so just so connection I'm, with himself. Just yeah. so I'm clear, because this replaces short rest hit die, I still gain back like key points from the short rest, correct? Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. All the benefits of a short rest. Okay, still great. Have. You want to get your key point back from when you ran yeah. away from that guy you killed? <laughs> yeah, I want to yep, get my yep. key point back from that. Yes. <laughs> okay, two. Oh my god. On, oh my god. If you don't make this. He's he's like super close. Yeah. He's very close. Okay, breathe. You can hear like you're the yeah. sort of centering. It feels like the time you can hear. You're sort of hyper focusing. You can hear sounds like out in the courtyard, mugs clinking, dishes moving, all of the sort of swirling of the Ube Ale House around you. <laughs> oh no! One. Oh my god! How many breathing exercises can you do? You can do as many hit dies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a seven. So I hit fifth. Does it, do I get the overflow? You do or? get the overflow. Okay. Wow. More time passes. Swirling about you, the activity of the Ubeil house. But as you breathe, you can feel once again that kind of, just like every time you use one of your sepsis abilities, you feel that kind of almost sort of thick blood, like something moving through you that's sort of a, an unfamiliar host of the body. You can feel it kind of rising in your chest a little bit, but you feel that you've kind of had a moment to just, you, you let it rise and then you control it. You're sort of practicing that not allowing it to take over your body as you continue to use it. Does this sensation feel like using Mycanid Extract, like at first? No, not okay. no. Um, like that sort of like rising sensation. Yeah, not really. It doesn't have that sort of energizing. It's more sort of a, a very aware of every. You can you can hear your heartbeat in your ears, okay. and you can sort of feel the blood pumping. That kind of sensation. Oh. Erlen has unlocked. Oh, oh baby. Oh. There's one thing that you're going to get regardless, but then I also need so you cool. to roll. Oh a D6 for Oh, what? Oh, what you gonna get? Just don't roll bad. It's 1D6? Yep. One D6. I know, that's my seven. Three. Mm, that's the worst one. Close to a solid number. Close. It's not quite as good as four. <laughs> so first of all, as you breathe and you feel the sort of, whatever it is within you, rising and falling and rising and falling, and you sort of, more than ever before, feel confident in your ability to use it and not sort of 
go too far that it takes you over because you felt that sensation before where you sort of have that overflow of stimulation and the kind of intense toxic energy within you and sort of having to push that away and you focus. The first thing you learn is sepsis overflow. <gasps> Normally when you go to your sepsis level maximum or over it, I would you would randomly get a sort of negative affliction that would uh, afflict you. Now, you have the ability to roll a d12 twice, 2d12, and you get to pick which one it is. So you can kind of mitigate the negative side effects of having sepsis overflow. And they also come with some small positive effects as well. What? So when you, when you go to sepsis, you know, to the maximum or above. <laughs> oh shit. You get to choose, you roll 2d12 and you choose the negative effect that you get. Do I get to pick? I get to pick between the two rolls, yes, or it has to be the first. No, no, it's one. Okay. Yeah, between the two rolls, you roll at the same time. You pick the one you Great. want. So, sort of better mastery over that sort of negative energy oh, in your body. In addition to that, the one that you rolled, you feel that you've unlocked. You sort of grip your hand tight. You clench it into a fist, and that bull bark kind of <gasps> pulsing on your arm goes away, comes back, and you just feel yourself sort of gaining a better understanding of how to control that part of your body. And you gain an upgraded oh, version. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, That's the best one. Ho! <laughs> Use that all the time. Fuck. And it, uh, that has a sticky back, so you can stick it on there. Uh, Should I cover up my old bull bark? Yes, it's, you can't use the old one. I'll it's, miss it so. <laughs> What's the difference? Uh, what does it do? I don't know yet. I'm reading. I believe the difference is uh, so Bulbark originally uh, it only works against the triggering attack. So when the attack happens, you trigger Bulbark to give yourself an AC bonus. Okay. Bulbark works so uh, it works against all attacks on that creature's turn. So it's no yeah. longer just the attack, Whoa. but it's still not as good as Shield, which lasts you know for a whole round. Mm -hmm. So it lasts for that creature's entire turn. So if they make three attacks you would get the bull bark bonus for all Yeah, so it's like, I still use it as a reaction. Yes, yep, it's just not one. Yep, yeah. it's just a not okay, one time cool. use. So creatures that attack multiple End times. End of the attacking creatures next. So just so I'm clear, if I got attacked by a guy, say with multi-attacks, mm -hmm. I could use bull bark on both of those. And then if someone else came around, it would still be active for them. No, just that creature. Just the attacking creature. Until the end of the attacking creature. Oh, Not yep. next turn. Yep. Okay, I see. Because that would be shield. The wizard spell shield lasts until your next turn. Or, yeah. Any additional attack that creature makes on their turn. Yep. Dope. Yeah, that's so it works against multiple attacks. So congratulations. <gasps> breathing. You're unlocked. Good breathing. Good breathing. <laughs> well Way to breathe. Well, well breathed. Just picturing that murdered man's yeah. face every How time. his eyes, like, went up into his head. Erlen's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You unlock a furious kick. Nobody get my fucking goal. No, no, no. On her way across the bridge, back toward the center of Nakuzi, yeah. Orba holds out the back of her hand. She lets the warmth of the sun blanket it while she, you picture the intricate details of your forthcoming tattoo. Black tips on the petals, the feltast flower, sparkling with the infused quartz powder. How rare it's been to find time or money to indulge in something personal, something cosmetic, and it feels good. With all that's going on, you take a moment to do something for yourself, and that has a way of kind of slowing things down giving you time to breathe, reset after these long strings of stressful decision after stressful decision, any one of which felt like it could be the end of the line if you chose incorrectly. So to make a decision that 
has less weight, that feels good to have that kind of moment to yourself. You take these musings back to the Nukelkian church that you've already visited on your way to Naupa. Not quite as grand as the institution in Mukmu, but retaining its familiarity. The shape of the layout, the wandering kindred, the bowls filled with the besiegeries. And you enter. Great. Um, again, she'll kind of show that she knows how to enter this space and begin the like process of taking the besiegery. There's uh, a couple other people in here. A couple of people are at you know some of the so the, the murals as well. They mind their own business, but yeah, it's not empty. But yeah. Um, are there actually people who are clearly like helping, uh, not kindred, the, the other kind of the people who aren't familiar with the process? They're that usually... is kindred. Oh, that is kindred. Are there the people that are yeah. like help, helping out kindred or like just people that I can talk to? No, the kindred are, are the people of the church that help people. Sorry, got it. <laughs> what are you yes, looking for? I'm looking for those people. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, like sort of robed the yeah. church sort of church attendance. Yeah, like the kindred. Yep. Uh, yeah, can I just approach one that doesn't seem busy? Sure, yeah, I mean, you start to look around, and, and there's enough of them around that immediately they're always in a position to possibly help or explain, and you see one as soon as you start to look around sort of approach you, because you can tell that you're sort of looking for someone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, hi. What can I help you with? Oh, I was just curious, I'm um, actually from the south, so um, I saw the Nukelki church in Mukmu, oh. and I... I, I this is my second church that I've ever been to. Welcome. Are you kindred or a band? Kindred. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. I just wasn't sure how long has the church been here? Oh, it's been here for a very long time, before I came, yes. Did you come from another church, or...? Uh, no, I just used to live in Urantrupa, and now I am here. Oh, wonderful. No church there, I, I don't... Uh, not a proper one, no, but plenty of worshippers of the Nukelkian God. Um, are there any, this might sound silly, but like social gatherings at the church at all, or? Um, not exactly, no. Um, we do have people who come seeking guidance or looking for advice, small groups that come to pray as a group, but not really organized in that way, no. Fascinating. I was just curious. Just new here. Yes. Uh, do you know how to uh, light the besiegery? I do, yes. Excellent. I've gotten quite good at it. Oh, that's... I won't stop you then. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. So, Orba will go and start walking through the, you know... Walking around the perimeter where the little arches pass by the gods. Once again, sort of, you're familiar with the order at this point. Aya, God of Death, Rima, Promises, Kuya, Yachike, Lakarpe, and Alanyachi. Are you stopping at one in particular? I'm going to stop at Aya. Okay, the God of Death, the first one. So you get there. There is no one there at that one, so the first one there. Stop there, the God of Death. You look up, sort of beautiful painted portrait on the wall. Um, so Orba's going to light the Besiegery. Place it at the bowl there. Smoke rises. I'm told that your kind were the ones who chose me for this job. Um, thank you. And any further help would be appreciated. Give me religion. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in Reaper form right now? No, all no, that was not. shit. Oh, well, like, we don't know you. <laughs> She's Norba. Seven. Yeah. Seven. I mean, you feel sort of a comforting 
feeling. Like, just <laughs> even if you're not sure, you know, what's being heard and what isn't, the, the act of it sort of centers you. You sort of have that sensation of feeling like you came here and you sort of allowed it to focus your thoughts. You sort of stare up at the portrait, take a moment to kind of let the the fumes of the besiegery kind of crackle a little bit in the smoke. And as you're sort of standing there, you can hear some sort of quiet, sort of tentative footsteps on your right, sort of further along. Uh, so you started on the left, mm-hmm. moving around. So he's further on your right. You, you don't see right away who it is, but you hear some sort of quiet footsteps. So it seems like he's coming from the next one over, which would be Rima, the God of Promises. So there might have been someone there at that uh, at that station. Mm-hmm. He's moving towards you a little bit, and you feel a little tap on your shoulder. You turn. Mm-hmm. You see a human man with a very bushy beard and a receding hairline. Fairly fine, but simple garments. A thin orange vest over a clean white tunic. His sunken eyes and slouched posture make him seem kind of ever-weary, but it doesn't stop him from giving you kind of a warm smile as he addresses you. It comes easily to you. The praying, I mean... Have you been praying to the gods your whole life? Yes. I never knew exactly how to do it. Do you ask them questions or plead for guidance? Do you just start talking and hope that somewhere along the way they understand what it is you need? I believe I started kind of just saying whatever was on my mind. But it's a lot of expressing gratitude or asking for help, yes. Does it work? I find that it does. Even if it doesn't affect my daily life, it at least provides comfort. Make a persuasion check. <clears throat> Come on, baby. Persuasion 10. ten. When I was a <clears throat> when I was a young lad, my dad would take me to the New Kelkian church all the time. At least two or three times a week. He was a very devout man. But I was so young I, I didn't really do much besides look at the pretty murals. <laughs> I liked the smell of the burning beseecheries, I remember that. Later when uh, when I was a teenager, he left. He went away. Abandoned me, I guess. And I was so mad at him. I stopped going to the church because I felt like, I don't know, like that was uh, like that was him winning, you know? Like, like he left, but I was still doing what he wanted me to do. Anyway, I, I did okay for myself. I have a good job, a, a, a real good job better than any job he ever had, in terms of pay anyway. And and then I got a, a letter from him. He's coming. I didn't even know that he, he knew where I lived, but I'm gonna see him tomorrow. In almost 30 years. What do you say to a man like that? why I come here, you know, look for guidance. Could you forgive a man like that? Could you? 
know. I, I want to. He's, he's my pa. If someone did something like that to you, you could you forgive him? like that happens to me, I wouldn't have gotten here. I wouldn't be here. Maybe not even alive. That's true. That's not to say it is to his credit that you've gotten this far. It's yours. It's also true. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to him. I don't even know why he's here. It's possible he has something to say to you. Maybe you just listen first. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty good listener, yeah. My name's Raylan. Raylan? It's nice to meet you. I'm Orba. Nice to meet you. Could you help me light the sea tree? Yeah, of course. Sure. He walks back over to Rima Station, the guy that promises. Sort of the little spot there with the bowl. So you just take the char cloth and you place it in the bowl. Mm-hmm. You just, like... Give it the light. You don't do anything special. I don't have to say a word or a prayer or nothing. And he kind of looks to you first, and then looks up at the mural. Um, I just don't know what the fuck. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to tell him. I'm so mad still. Like I hate him, but I don't know if I still do. What else do I say? That's all that's on your mind. Easy enough, I guess. <clears throat> sort of packs up from the wall. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Maybe I'll see you again here sometime. Feel free to say hi if you do. I guess I'll, um, I don't know, I guess I'll get out a second plate at the table. That's not a bad start. What's your dad's name? Just out of curiosity. Kyle. Where's it coming from? We're from Musagori. Where is that? It's north of Pachacama. It's a long way. After I left, I just sort of moved from job to job, got whatever I could, did whatever I could, sort of became a groundskeeper for a while, got better and better jobs, finally landed something that's actually worth a damn. 
I'm proud of you. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. I'll go now. I won't take more of your time. Forgive him. Um, I have no business telling you what to do. Um, just forgive him. Make a persuasion check. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> Ten. <clears throat> I'll try. I really will. Thank you. And you see him start to walk, and he walks past a couple of the murals, and then comes back, and he, re- he sort of remembers that he's supposed to sort of just bow at each, you know, <laughs> acknowledge each yeah. of the murals, and so he sort Killing of backtracks and then moves his way out. So he was sort of left here at the mural. Okay. Arbor will give him some space, but then start sure. to go through the process as well. And then she'll go to the mother god at the very center. Mm-hmm. She'll just look up at the mosaic for a moment. I forgive you too. Zorba exits the church, sort of, it was, the way the stained glass has these kind of, uh, blocks a little bit of the light, it has this kind of quiet, dim interior, and then you exit back out, the light kind of washes over you, sort of take a deep breath, sort of set aside back what was in the church, step out, back into Nakuzi, beautiful sort of landscape laid out before you, where do you start to head to? Uh, has it been, like, roughly around 30 minutes, or? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Maybe even a little longer. Oh, actually. Throw <laughs> <laughs> uh, out your tattoo. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I guess I'm going to walk to Leto first since I'm okay. right by the church. Um, and I'll just give him a heads up. Oh, you're heading to Leto's? Yeah. Yeah, I'll head to Leto's here. <laughs> Did you kick him in the face? Yeah, yeah just sorry. You, okay. you got something on your. <laughs> <laughs> Fixed that for you. So you head around to the back end of the church. Walk along the mixed kind of grass and gravel paths, lead you to Leto's house. Cozy, quaint beside the water. Pointed roof, it has this wide open backyard that you think you spot a few like small hurdles indicating that perhaps Leto or Roy fancies himself a bit of an equestrian, sort of enjoyed spending time with the horses practicing in the backyard. A little bit of animal companionship. You feel a pang of sadness approaching this lovely home that you know has a recent history of tragedy. But you also know that it feels good to have a local friend that you helped in a time of need played some small part to ease the burden of said tragedy when you helped to recover the body. So you walk up to the house. Okay. Uh, just judging from the windows and the curtains, does it seem like anybody's home? Give me a perception check. You know what? You get out of here. Oh. Sit down. Nine. Nine. The curtains are mostly drawn, and you don't see any particular indication of, uh, of someone home, but that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't. All right, I'll give it a whirl. I'll go ahead and give it a knock. <laughs> go, 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 go. Can I wait for a moment? You kind of look up, and you see one of the curtains that was drawn on the second floor kind of open up. And so the light pours in, and it looks like you can see Leto's face, sort of looking out, sort of blonde hair, the sun illuminating it. He's oh yeah, I'll take a step away from the house so he can see me better. And he sees you, and he 
and he looks happy to see you. He also looks like the way his hair's kind of pushed to one side no. and he's rumpled a little bit. He might have been sleeping even late into the day here. Oh, no. And you hear a little bit of sort of footsteps <laughs> coming down a staircase. Oh, no. And the door opens. And he's, you know, not in pajamas. It looks like he threw on something on the way. He has a very simple sort of loose tunic and a loose pair of pants. <sighs> so good to see you. Hi, how are you? I am fairly well, considering. Thanks to you. Thank you. Good. Um, I apologize for disturbing you. Um, oh, that's all right. I, I should be awake. <laughs> I, of course, I should be awake. You shouldn't be anything, my friend. It's okay. It's just... Um, we had the ceremony yesterday, the burial, and sort of stayed up with some friends and his parents. We reminisced a bit, and it got late. Well, that sounds lovely. I'm very happy for you that you did that. He sort of looks out. He's, he seems surprised at how yeah, sort of late into late. the day it has passed. <laughs> noon. It's one o'clock, one one thirty. Oh. Oh, um, everyone's well. Yes, everybody's fantastic. Um, your uh, two of your friends came by. Yes. Um, Yesterday. Yes, um, well, I know they had said that we might meet you um, in Wamparanina tonight. Uh, uh, yes. But uh, change of plans have kind of uh, locked us into Naupa for oh, the rest of the that's, day. That's fine. But we wanted to invite you to have maybe some like late lunch or something with us at the Ale House, if you are so available. I would love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, such a nice one. Uh, uh, Naupa's closer, so that that works for me. Uh, let me just get dressed and, and and. Oh my goodness! Take your time. I'm actually going to get a, a tattoo. Um. So uh, from Butez. Yes. I hear he does excellent work. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, but it's going to be like a couple of hours of oh, me there. Um, so good. You are free to take your time. Um. um I believe. There's uh, some sort of a concert at the Upa Alehouse tonight. A yes, performance. Uh, po po uh, uh, Miss Premisior. Yeah, Yor. That's the name. Would you like to um, yeah. have uh, a drink uh, and, and watch the show? Um, we might be able to. <laughs> Let's see what happens at lunch. Um, oh, all right. Our, our schedule has just been a little crazy. That's no, I I completely understand. But I am very excited for the show. Yes, I, I was thinking of even you know if 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 it ended up we weren't meeting in in Wamparanina, I was thinking of going to the show. So oh, lovely. Well, of course you are welcome to stay. Um, but yes. Um, would you care to meet me? At Butez's, we could travel together, or we could just meet you there at your convenience. It's, I don't, I don't know how long the tattoo will be. I'll just, I'll meet you there. I think that would be, that would be easy. I might have to stop by the the back of Saddle Blacksmith and just talk to Cecil for a moment. So that's, that's fine. Oh, okay, got it. Um, oh, I had a question for you. Oh, um, I apologize for asking because it's a, the start to a new day. But, um, it's all right, Roy. Yes. Um, but he sailed at all? Um... Or worked at the docks at all? Worked some at the docks, yes. I, I don't know that he worked on the ships at all. Hmm. We're originally, I, I don't know if uh, Erland ever mentioned this, we're from uh, Urenchupa originally, many, many mm -hmm. years ago, and, and we worked. he worked at the docks there as well, so he has some experience as a, as a longshoreman. That wasn't his primary job here. He, Sort of ran the route from right, the Leopold's. Leopold's. Yes. Um, but he never, I suppose, like survived any kind of storms or anything in his in his <sighs> livelihood. Gosh, uh, if he did, he certainly didn't brag about it. <laughs> I didn't hear of it. Okay, just wondering. Hmm. Okay. 
Sorry, I, I hate to... No, that's alright. I'm... That, that's alright. I still haven't seen uh, your other two friends. Are they are they alright oh, as well? Yes, they are actually on the coast right now. They're just... Over in Wamprani? Yes. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so I hope they're making as much progress as we are. But yes, we're split up for the time being. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad that you all made it and that you're all in good health. You as well, my friend. So I'll see you there in, yes. in a couple of hours or so. Wonderful, yes, we'll see you soon. Excellent. Um, thank you for stopping by. I, thank you for waking me up. I, I should be awake. You shouldn't be anything. I'll say it again. But we'll see you soon. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Okay. Close the door. Turn around and head to Butan. All right. Turn back around and head to Butan. And we head over to... The south side of the river. Oh boy, baby. Once again, in Wamparani now. <laughs> she said she hoped that we were doing as well, but we're not doing well. <laughs> we're fine. So there they are on the south side of the river. Yeah, that was Goodbye. a veiled message to yes, you guys. Yes, it was. It was to say to start doing well. <laughs> Still sort of shaking off the soreness of your scrap in the morning. Out of your way, out of the way of the, making your way from the short ports. You once again head for the sort of curious collection of domiciles that make up the the houses along the south coast and reciprocity itself on the south side. And when you approach the courtyard with the fountain, as you have this moment of very intense deja vu, as both Senka Uberti and her masked wizard are perched identically on the rim as they were when you first met. Her sort of sitting there flipping through a book, and then her wizard sitting kind of right beside, masked the full outfit. She has her peacock feathers in her hair, dark lipstick, flipping through the book, sort of in the eerie stillness. So you guys have a quiet moment as you're, you can see her in the distance, but you haven't quite gotten there yet, so you're approaching. Graven, mm. we should decide on what exactly we're going to tell her before we walk in. How about we start with questions? I want to know more about Mr. Two. Okay. What she knows about him, what his life before this, as it might give us some clues. Possibly if she's ever run into any problems with him before. Something like that. What I'm getting at is that if these things are linked, if Mr. Two is a suspect in this other case, I don't know, what, what, what does she know of his... Obviously, he's always been a magic user, but right. w- was he a fighter of some kind? Was it, w- Is there some reason that he would have these skills? Mm-hmm. And tendencies, I guess. Yes. And, I yes, I, I do think it's wise that we share with her that it's possible that he could be a suspect. It's... We don't say that he is. It's a road to go down. It's, it's it what is. we're... Uh, <laughs> it's a road and to go down. I assume we will tell her about the conversation... Overheard it with Hatchet. Yes. yes. But not where she got it from. Yeah. She and Willapont. Villapont. Right. right. <sighs> we can say we heard Do it from not. someone at at the bar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. No Villapont. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> got it. And no Willapont either. No Villapont. <laughs> no Ponts. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Graven and Bizarre put their game face on. <laughs> They're like, and go. 
you start to approach the mountain. <laughs> Got your note. Thanks. Yo. So you guys start to approach, and as she starts to see you coming, sort of, she's there, kind of reading her book. She spots you and closes the book, puts it on her lap. Ah, if it isn't my nighttime inquisitors, look how much better you all look in the daylight. Oof. Yes. Well, we've come to have a chat. If you have the time. Shh. Hush now. I'm going to have a conversation with my associate. And the next time you think about intentionally going around me to talk to my employees, don't. What can I help you with, Bizarre? Well, we may have a bit of information about number two. I am glad to hear it. But... It would be helpful if we asked you a couple questions as well. All right. She puts the book kind of on the edge of the fountain. Why don't we first take a walk, and I can show you exactly where the body was found by the river. This is what you came to ask about last night, no? Yes. While we are there, we can talk about Mr. Two, and your friend can find something else to occupy his time. You're sure he can't come along? Yes. He can wait here, if you wish. I don't think we'll be long. Alright. I'm gonna kind of like pull her aside for a moment. If she'll... If possible, you can speak directly to the person that found her, that would be best. Of course. Good luck. Thank you. Both of you give me perception checks. Ooh. Ooh, tasty. Fifteen. Thirteen. 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 Graven, as... Bizarre starts to walk towards Senka, and Senka kind of gets up as if to lead her back around to the sort of rear portion of reciprocity. As you converse with her just in that brief moment, and again after she stands up, you notice that a couple of times now she's reached up to kind of touch a spot just on the left side of her neck, very tenderly, sort of gingerly, as if sore or uncomfortable. And because she has a very high neckline on her jacket and the shirt underneath, you can't actually see the skin. So you can't see if there's like a bruise or a cut or anything to that effect. But you do see her a couple times. Just kind of reach up and touch her neck. And only Graven notices that at this point. Shall we? Let's go. And you start to walk. And she takes you around to the back side of reciprocity. Doesn't have any particular distinction except for a very small kind of spiral outdoor staircase that leads to a room hanging off the rear of the building. It's perhaps either the living quarters of the indentured wizards or maybe Senka herself, although it's a little small, possibly some of the house staff, like the housekeepers and the, the woman that you met last night, sort of people running the grounds. Make no mistake, if we had not entered into an agreement, I wouldn't be speaking to you about this either. Not because there is anything to hide, but because I do not answer to you about anything. 
You have been granted some semblance of legitimacy, having been contracted by me. But your friend is a minnow, circling the ankles of his betters. The woman was found there, and she points over towards the bank. Maybe another 20 feet away from the building. One of my housekeepers found it. They used the river to fill buckets for washing. It was very early in the morning. He came to fetch me. I saw the body washed up on the bank. And then I sent him to the nearby Broken Crown offices to have it removed. I did not recognize the face, nor did I search the body. But I am told she had nothing on her person but an empty vial. Looked like a micro vial. This is how they came very quickly to the conclusion that she may have drifted down from the den. The Broken Crown took the body, took the vial, talked to my housekeeper, and left. Mr. Ramaker came by days later to ask some questions. I was admittedly very short with Mr. Ramaker. He came in acting like my place of business was some part of some great murder mystery. <laughs> I did little but point to the spot on the riverbank and send him on his way. He was in contact with the Broken Crown, so I assume they exchanged whatever information they had. And I had nothing new to report, as I have nothing new to report to you now. Well, we've also been looking into the murders that have been happening around here. And we know Not that... occupying yourself with my job, then. Actually, I believe that they may be connected. You have a good reason to believe this? Yes, I do. And what is that? Each of the three murders that have been happening seemed to be committed with the weapons or objects that were found on that person. So, we concluded or hypothesized that the murderer does not have any weapons of their own. And is it that your indentured servants are not allowed to carry weapons? That is true. So, it's slightly plausible that Mr. Two could be a suspect. There are many people who do not have weapons of their own. And why would they not use magic? That may be too obvious. Hmm. You can tell she's unconvinced, but she wasn't. On the woman that was found here, there were cuts around her mouth, as if she was forced to take poison or more mycotin extract that she could handle. I don't know what kind of depraved things they do up at that den, but smashing vials and hurting each other does not seem out of the question. I understand that, but it's also not out of the question that someone forced her to do it. And then right. killed her. Also, we got information from someone at the bar that overheard a quite an interesting conversation between Mr. Two and Hatchet. He was asking him for a certain type of extract that is not very popular and was 
questioning him about why he wanted it. Mr. Two, that is. And he would not get it for him. So, we're, I'm trying to figure out what exactly that conversation was about and if maybe he's gone someplace else to get it. Not as much as I hoped, but not nothing, I suppose. Do you know anything about his past, Mr. Two? I told you I bought him in Dillasun some time ago. Does he have any angry tendencies, or was he known to be a Mycanid user? Not to my knowledge. If I ever found out that he was using Mycrawl or Mycanid Extract, that would be a problem. But it never came to that. Hmm. And did you ever have a problem with him before? No. Hmm. Well, is it possible that I could, or we, could talk to the housekeeper who found the body? You're talking to me, and I know what happened. I was there. True. You can take a look at the riverbank if you want. We've actually seen it. She means the spot where the body washed up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, that is behind reciprocity. Oh. Not the where the microphone oh. the dimensions. Yep. Uh, yeah. Alright. If that would be allowed, I will do that. But She motions with her kind of long painted fingers down towards the main. Is there anything else that you can think of about Mr. Two that was off-putting right before you left? I told you what I know. Why would I hide it? I want you to find him. I know. Well, we have a bit of a lead, and I'm working diligently to investigate the murders and talk to others about subjects that could be related to this without them knowing that I'm in search for him. I have something to show you that might help with your investigation. But it may take more than just a moment. Why don't you take a look by the riverbank, which you came here last night to do, talk to your friend, and then come back, and I will show you. How long do you think it would take? I don't know. I'm sure he can find something else to do besides cling to your bootstraps. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Sure. Do you mind if he comes with me to take a look? Yes. You're here now. Use your eyes. All right. Sorry, I'm... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Step down with the river bank. Give me an investigation check. Well. Eighteen. You take a look kind of along the bank here. And... First of all, as you're sort of walking down, you don't know what you're expecting. It's been now 11 days Mm -hmm. since the body washed up on the shore. So if there was any kind of piece of clothing, blood, any kind of, you know, stain, that easily could have washed away during this time. There isn't a ton to see. But you take a look down both ends of the river. You let your eyes kind of wander to across the river as well. And once again, you are here at Reciprocity. So as you're looking across, there's like a row of houses on the other 
bank, on the north bank of the river. And these buildings on the other side of the river, like reciprocity, usually the back of the building is to the river. Like the main portion faces the other direction, so the back of it, there might be like a window or something, but you wouldn't just be like looking out in that direction unless you really had a reason to. Except for one house, which has a kind of back porch that has two rocking chairs on it that looks like someone might go out there to have a cup of tea, you know, sort of just enjoy a conversation with a companion. This place right here, this very small little property right there on the corner. Third one. Yeah. That one has like a large back porch with a couple of chairs. And as you're looking at it, it's, you know, a little distance away. It might be a long shot, but it's possible that someone, if they had been out there in the morning enjoying a morning cup of tea, might have at least seen what was going on during this time, whether it was the body being discovered, maybe who discovered the body, they would have a vantage point on that. Mm -hmm. So that's what you kind of take note as, as you look out there. Great. And do I see anything on the grass or anything? No. Nothing. Okay. The third house in from the... Yeah, it's the one right on the... So it's like from the... Right if you're looking there. out, it's in from the... Right. If you're looking across the river, it's to your left. Just because you're looking out this way. Right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Marvelous. Wait. <laughs> you brain? are here. Yes. Looking and this that's way. That way. So it is it's on, on your left. left. Yeah. From there. From okay. where you're looking. The first one the on the left from yep. the vantage point. Yep. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I am not good with directions on anything. Did Sanka come back towards me or towards the building? No, she's just waiting. Oh, she's, she's still yeah, there with she's, her. She let, she's not next to Bizarra, but she just kind of waited oh, back toward the building. I, she ain't moving because she's holding. <laughs> <laughs> for as soon as she comes around. Hey. He got it. <laughs> No, Graven is back in the front courtyard where Mr. Making One small is like. Talk with Mr. Well, yeah, yeah he's but just, we'll, yeah, we'll how wait. far away from me? We'll come back in one second. So ah, yeah, I'm gonna just there. take note of that <laughs> and then head back in. You wish to tell your friend and then return? Yes, please. Very well. And she sort of stands patiently and waits. So Graven, you out front. You've been waiting here. So he was maybe. I mean, you stopped 15 feet away from the fountain where he's sitting. <laughs> and is she, she, she's kind of looking. She's. <laughs> where is she? There are times when she's looking the other way. Where? Where who's looking? The Senka. Way? Senka's not back here. Whoa! Oh, I can't even see them. They're like yeah, they're behind the building. building. Yeah, they're on the, the total other side oh, of the building. Oh, <laughs> okay. Mr. Yeah. One is. Dead. Yeah, there was this like like yeah. <laughs> moat, like courtyard like three walled courtyard with the fountain in the middle, and they went all the way around to the back side of the building. <clears> so they are out of sight completely. Okay. Under my breath, in giant. Not under, so he can hear. Is there any chance you speak giant? Mr. One tilts his head. Would you hope that she would look for you the same way she is looking for Mr. Two? See the head kind of drop a little bit. Are you allowed to speak? Mr. One shakes his head no. 
do you know where Mr. Two is? He shakes his head no. Do you know why he would leave? Mr. One doesn't move. Is there somewhere I can find you without her being there? He shakes his head no. hesitates, then shakes his head now. What? <laughs> Have you ever thought of leaving? Drops kind of a little bit again. Mr. One shrugs his shoulders. Mr. One nods his head yes. Do you wish he would return? He shakes his head no. For your sake? He shakes his head no. For his? He nods his head yes. Are you no longer allowed on your own. He shakes his head no. And at this moment, like, one of the doors on the upper part kind of clicks yeah. open. It sounds like someone might need some assistance, and he yeah. quickly kind of stands mm-hmm. and turns and sort of shuffles up the staircase mm-hmm. there. Great, kind of just the people on the podcast are going to love that part. Yeah. No. 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 It was, yes. No. No. Yeah. Don't confuse them. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> so after some time, you watch, and Bizarro returns alone without Senka. Comes back out, and you notice that Graven's there. Not uh, Mr. One is no longer there. Are you all right? I was able to. Don't get too quiet. I was able to have a few yes or no questions with. Mr. One. Mm. Helpful? Maybe. Well, Sanka has no good information, and if she does, of course, she is not willing to share anything. Where is she, is she still back there? She said she wants to show me something, but it'll take a while. Did you notice her fiddling with her neck? Now that he says it, you feel like you might have noticed that? It didn't strike you at first, but yeah, now you, you were back there, and she did it a couple times as well. She did rub at one spot a few times. I could see if I could ask her about it. I want go back there, tell her you noticed, and that I am a healer. Ah, okay. But, um, and not that I noticed. Just... No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't say. She hates me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did tell her that 
it might be possible that Mr. Two is a suspect. And she said, although it's not the best information that she got, it's something. So I'm grateful for that. And I told her about the conversation with Hatchet and she's accepting of the, what we have so far. But... really need to speak to Hatchet somehow. <laughs> she said, I need to go see this, but you also cannot come there. But she let me see where the body was. Okay. There's nothing significant on the ground or around the area. And she said she talked to the housekeeper who found the body, so I can only talk to her. But if you look at the vantage point from out back, the first house on the left across has a porch of a sort. It is facing the river. And it's like two chairs and people would be able to see what was happening. Perhaps we saw something, or perhaps even the, <laughs> the entire assumption that she came from this side of the river. Maybe she came from the other side of the river as well. Right, and <sighs> if you wanted, while I'm with Sanka, to go see about that, and who's in that house. Mm. Mm-hmm. It might be a good use of time. Yeah, before we lose her, try, try to get her right now, though, if you can see if she... Wants yeah, healing. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, sort of converse for a moment yeah. quietly, sort of <laughs> compare notes, and then Bizarre works around the back where Senka sort of very patiently. It looks like she carried her book with her and she's reading it and she closes it as she hears you coming. Time to show you something? I'm ready. Excellent. But there's one thing. That there, I, I noticed when we were talking before, it seems to be a sore spot, no? No. Is it some sort of rash or anything? No. My friend is actually a healer if you need assistance. I do not. May I ask why you continue to pay attention to that area? Are you ready to look at what I plan to show you? I am. Let's go. Green's like <laughs> Do you go back no. to signal to him? I mean I mean I can turn around and be like Well I think you, you can see her kinda of yeah. come around the edge and give you a face before she uh, <laughs> walks off. So Senka walks you over to the rear wall of the building, and it kinda of looks like you're headed for that exterior exterior spiral staircase. But she walks past it and heads to the base of the wall where a cellar door leads down into the ground. Oh boy. And after swinging the door open, there's a set of stone steps that lead down to where a flickering light spilling out into the passage. But you can't yet see exactly where it leads or where you're heading into. And that is where we will take a break. As we think about where Senka might be taking Mazzara. We love a basement. You okay there without your flail? Yeah, you'll be fine. (laughs) And your armor? I'm gonna even have my jacket on, do I? She don't think you got enough jacket on. You just (laughs) a civilian. (laughs) A civilian. Six at once. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a few more than six. She does have a few more than six at once. Thank you all so much for joining us, as always. Some meaty information to be found. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> or, not. or not. There's meat um, down there. Excellent it's job, everybody. That is where we'll pick up when we come back from the break. Yeah. And uh, oh, we will see you on the other side. Oh, boy. Yeah. Stay. All right. Stay. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Tabletop Notch is made possible through the support of fellow adventurers like you. Please consider subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash tabletopnotch. Best of all, you can do this free of charge with an Amazon Prime subscription. Still hungry for more? Follow us on Instagram at tabletopnotch and Twitter at tabletop underscore notch for updates, announcements, and most of all, general tomfoolery. If you miss an episode, venture to our YouTube channel for recaps of previous chapters. And now back to a peek beneath the veil. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to chapter 78 (laughs) of A Peek Beneath the Veil. The Mr. Two jokes continue (laughs) in volume. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you guys missed it. That was a good one. (laughs) It was the answer to the riddle. We solved it. I'm going home. Erlen sits up in his room. Having taken a moment to finish his breathing exercises, (laughs) you notice, looking out the window, that, you know, it's not nighttime, but the sun in the sky has moved. It's sort of some time has passed as you've sat here, breathing, centering yourself. What are you doing? Um, No, I'll leave those for now. Uh, I'll I'll head downstairs. You do? As soon as you sort of open the door that leads to the outside, you can already tell activities picked up. Once again, you know that the concert's coming now at, like... 2, 2, 2.30 in the afternoon. Some activities started up. You see a number of people that have started to... Uh, still like claim five to... hours till the show is, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 7 o'clock, but still, like, some people who uh, want to get a good spot, especially around the amphitheater, a lot of decorations have been hung, some banners and, and things. So, yeah, there's a bit of activity now. Um, all right, I'm going to sort of head down to the bar and grab a seat at the bar. Sure, you do so. The bar is decent. There's at least... Seven or eight other people sort of sitting along. Familiar here. faces? Anyone I... Perception check. Eleven. Eleven? Yeah, not a familiar face other than Satiri herself. Um, I'll signal her for... Sure, she comes over. Uh, just, um... Have a nap? Yeah, bit of rest. Um, good bit of rest. Um, could I have, um... Glass of uh, wine, please. Sure. Uh, the fairy's hex white or the river bend red. Uh, river bend red. River bed. River bend. <laughs> river bend. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Sure. When she goes and she gets a glass, um, it is one silver, five copper. <laughs> Could I have four more immediately? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. What did you say? One, one silver, silver, five copper. Sorry, I'm drunk. Um, brings the glass over to you. So as she brings it over, does it seem like I could potentially talk to her for a second without, like, delaying service? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's not so busy that she couldn't stop for a moment. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to sort of in... Um, are there any other elves sitting at the table, like, at the bar near me? Give me a perception check. Secret conversations. Uh, 19. Yes, but he's kind of on the far end. If you spoke quietly, you think you might be good. Do I recognize him, or...? No. Cool. Um... <laughs> I'm going to say in Elvin, um, I think you could do me a favor today, this evening. She responds in Elvin. Today, this evening. I guess that depends. If anyone, if a, if any man or group of travelers, perhaps, um, uh, anyone who seems like they might be bounty hunted, well armored, well traveled, if anyone checks in, to sort of rent a room or, or seems to be hanging out for the concert tonight. Would you mind catching my eye let me know? I'll try. I can definitely let you know if that's the case of someone renting a room. 
I anticipate there being quite a few people here tonight for the concert. Sure, I just, if, if there's any sort of, um, specifically, uh, larger groups, uh, three, four men who look like they've been traveling together. I'll try. Like I said, that's fairly indistinct. Am I looking for someone, a description? Uh, weapons. Um, I know it's sort of vague. Perhaps anyone that even seems to be, oh, if anyone seems to be, um, Scouting out the area seems to be paying particular attention to Jesus. sort of the area, the, the the tavern. If anyone seems to be suspicious, would you mind catching my eye? She kind of thinks for a moment. All right. Yeah. I'll try. Uh, does it seem like she will? Make an inception. It does seem that she's being honest and also, I mean... It looked like she gave a little consideration to kind of asking you what the hell's going on, but she sort of accepts the privacy and just says yes. Right. Thank you. And I'll start sort of drinking my wine. And she kind of looks around for a moment and then leans back in. Later today. Not right now. Is there someone here now? The one giving you the eye at that table over there? No! No. She's gonna look over. No. Oh He's alone. <laughs> Which guy? You look over and there's a tiefling man with a drink in his hand. From the smell that kind of wafts from that direction, it's even... It seems like a number of drinks may have been served over there, both his sort of stupor and a number of cups kind of sitting around, not his first ale, even though it's the kind of afternoon here. He's very lithe, with long arms that kind of jangle as he moves them, thanks to the copper bracelets on both wrists. And he's got horns that circle around his ear, which draws the eye to a rod that's pierced through his ear, that's bent into kind of a shape of a snake, which you've seen before. uh, You saw it at the monument where he fought some of the people. It's the Temple of Forked Tongue. It indicates a monastery. What's that guy's name? Do you remember the... Say the So he definitely remembers it. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a quarterstaff kind of leaned up against the table that he's sitting at. He's sort of. I don't recognize him though, right? Give me a perception check. Oh my god. What was the name of the guy we let go? Um, Cleric. Fucking Cleric. Jesus. Five. You definitely don't recognize him. You can't sh- help shake this feeling that you might have seen him around Naupa, that like, but you definitely don't like know him. Okay, cool. Um, I'll sort of nod to Satyria and I'll say, yeah, sort of like people like that. All right, that I can do. She goes back. To and me, I'll sir. sort of walk over to the guy. Oh my gosh. And I'll, is there is he at a table by himself? Yeah. And I'll sit down across from him and I'll put the wine down. I'll sit down. Couldn't help but notice uh, you looking at me across the bar. <laughs> so either you like my shoes or you have something to say to me. I saw you at San's demonstration yesterday. Oh, yes, there was a great many people there. Usually you see a lot of the same people. So new people stand out. I've been uh, trying to get into San's program for a long time now. 
keep getting passed over for somebody else. He says he doesn't think I'm fit for it. Imagine that. So after the graduation ceremony, I walk up to him. I say, how about it, Mr. Darrow? Is this the round that you finally let me train? And he says, sorry, but no. I think I've already got in mind who I'm going to have. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me, right? <laughs> the decades of work that I've put in, the discipline, the shit that I've seen, and this fucking fuck tells me there's another batch of kids or whatever that's more deserving. And I say, who? Fucking who? Who's caught your eye that you reject me so readily and flatly? And he says, I can tell you one for sure. I've got someone in mind. One that you might be able to learn a thing or two from. He says that to me. Like I'm going to learn something from some other chump. He says it's an elf who trained at Atonement's End. Said that you told him that. Oh, you fancy. Little shithouse on the island that pisses out only a handful of monks every year. And that's who he wants to train with. What does he think you can learn from me? <laughs> I think the implication was simply that you uh, would be a better student. Well, you've already trained extensively, I assume, so why are you looking to train with Son? You were there. He's a master. Sure, but how long do the forked tongues keep you? Just like a monk from Atonement's End to say, I'm done, no more need to train, I'm oh, I didn't perfect. Say, I didn't say that. Have you met other monks from Atonement's End? I know of them. Atonement's End, renowned for fuck-ups. Sure. Only yeah. sends the best fuck-ups out into the world. You must be top fuck. One of the best fucks. <laughs> uh, congratulations to you. It must be that cream on a pile of shit. <laughs> Did you not feel like you got adequate training at Fork Tongue? Where is Fork Tongue, incidentally? Mosokori. Did you not feel like your training was adequate? I always like to learn new ways to hurt people. Sure. Is that why you trained with them originally? Yeah. And what have you come to Naupa to do then with your training? Whatever the fuck I want. Right. So have you been following me around since then? I was thinking maybe I'd see if you were worthy of this spot that he's about to offer you. Maybe prove him wrong. Maybe show him that it should be my spot. Look, here's the problem with that. See all these people eating, drinking, getting ready for the concert tonight? Mm-hmm. I'd rather not kill you in front of I'd rather not kill you in front of all of them at this table right here, so I don't know if we should do that right now. Where do you want to do it then? Oh my god. <clears throat> Perhaps tomorrow? <laughs> we can meet. How about we meet near Sans? Sounds great. <laughs>
Have you been following me? I just noticed that you went upstairs here, so I assumed you had a room. And you've been sitting here drinking the entire time. You got a problem with that? Well, no, it just, you know, if someone who wants to train uh, has been sitting here drinking, you know what I've been doing the whole time you've been drinking? <laughs> Studying. Working on gaining my abilities to be stronger. <laughs> you know, when they fit your skull into that little wall by the ocean, I hope it's got a nice dent in it to remind you of me. Have you been? Only seen in my dreams. So did you see someone draw a nice picture of a tournament's end? That's what you saw? I know what's there. Too afraid to go yourself then? <laughs> see, I'm not allowed to go because I'm not a fucking loser. Wow. Yeah. You're not a loser, and yet you're the one who's drunk midday in a bar with fuck all to do other than try and pick fights with people who you think are your better than. You know what the best part of that is? What's the best part? I don't have to go back to my monastery and tell them that I've been sitting here drinking, and you do. You don't know that, friend? <laughs> I suppose not. Well... I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. What's your name? Shakar. Shakar. Um, Are you close with any of the people you train with? Not particularly. It's too bad. As I um, sort of pick up my wine, I'll sort of say, Do you know anyone named Sade? No. Does it seem like he does? Make it inside. Roland? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. There was a slight hesitation. It certainly didn't look like he was like, oh my god, Sade. But it might have registered for a moment. I mean, you don't have like a last name or anything, so it looked like he thought about it for a brief moment. Well, let me just say, you won't be the first from the Fork Tongue Order that I've killed. Have a lovely afternoon. And I'll sort of go back to the bar. Go back to the bar. And we will go over to... After making what seems like an endless back and forth <laughs> between the area around the ports, you take a rare detour back to the residential neighborhood of Fangle, where you came through when you first entered Wampanoag. But this time you hold tight to the river. You find the house with the lovely back porch that looks out towards the water. You can see reciprocity across the river. It's a modest but cheerful home, the well-maintained shrubbery lining the exterior. A blue shingled roof and an impressive collection of wind chimes near the door that kind of ding, 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 rattle and clink each passing gust. It creates these kind of pleasing tones that you listen to as you approach. You got the door right in front of you. <sighs> Graven, not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> knocks on the door. And it's a one-story house, so it sounds like you hear someone moving around inside. It doesn't sound like they're far away or on another floor. Quickly kind of comes to the door. It opens up quickly. And an older woman with a flower-patterned shawl and kind of a chunky bead necklace answers the door. She's human. She has white hair, but plenty of it left. It's braided into kind of a long strand that rests over her front shoulder. She looks surprised to have a visitor, not unhappy to have him, but surprised just by the person that she's seeing. She opens the door kind of wide and she smiles. 
Hello there. Well, how are you this fine afternoon? Well, and yourself? Uh, good. What can I do for you? I'll ask this first. Has anyone come and asked you about the events of something about 10 or 11 days ago across the river from you? Yes. I was out on my porch drinking tea when all that was going on. I saw the broken crown arrive. Miss Uberti seemed very displeased. And before that, I, uh, I heard one of her housekeepers shouting, the young boy, Aldrich, that found the body. Oh. Aldrich is it? Raven's like, I'm getting information. <laughs> Oh. Was it ready? Miss, do you have a piece of paper? Yeah. Um, Andrik. And you say someone did come and ask you about this. Uh, not exactly. What does that mean? I saw both the Broken Crown and the Militia Reserve examining the area. I think they'd be a much better source of information than me. So... No one has spoken to you directly about this before me. Well, <laughs> Aldrich, I suppose. You've spoken with Aldrich? Yes. I work over at the General's General. It's the General Goods Store. Of course it is. I'm afraid that's terribly obvious. You must think me a fool to explain, but no. the name causes some confusion. Some people say it wrong. They say General General or General's Generals, but it's one possessive, one singular General's General. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> Aldrich comes into the General's General fairly often. He's very nice, and we have a wonderful selection of sweets that he likes to come and buy. Huh. He's always very nice, he's very polite, he'll take the time to talk with me. Which is no small feat, because sometimes I ramble. It's very pleasant to talk with him. And I started inviting him over for the occasional tea and biscuits. We'll have a chat, maybe a meal once a month. And he was very distraught this last time. He, we met after the body was found. You know, he, he's not a child, but he's young. Drowning's not a pleasant way to go. A terrible sight to see. So... What did he have to say about it other than how disturbing it was? Any? Um, make a persuasion jerk. Oh, come on. Um, 21. Thank you. Well, I, I just remember that he was struggling a bit because a day or so after the incident, he thought he remembered something that might have been missed. But before he could explain it to Miss Berti, she began to yell at him that it was not to be spoken of anymore. He didn't get the impression that she was covering something up, just that she was incensed that her place of business was part of a murder investigation. Very bad for business. Especially drug-related, perhaps. Anyway, Aldrich was too scared to go to the Broken Crown. He thought someone might see him and report it to Miss Uberti. But I assured him that there was, if there was something for the good people of the Broken Crown to find, then they would find it, and he need not worry. Well, uh, I don't work for the Broken Crown, but I have worked with them on contracts and things. Is there something that I could relay, or something that he thinks might help? Oh, yes, um, what was it? There was something about something they found on the body... 
can't remember exactly what it was. Mm. Empty vials. Yes, that vials. was it, a vial. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the woman had a vial on her that they assumed was related to the Mycrawl den, which is why they were sure that she'd come from there. But Aldrich got a look at the vial as they were inspecting the body, and he noticed that it was crystal clear, which he thought was odd, because Mycrawl leaves a faint green stain on the inside of the glass. I guess he thought there might have been something else inside the vial. Mm -hmm. I always thought maybe it just washed away the stain in the river. On the inside of the bottle. I don't know if it was open or not. I didn't see it. Right. You didn't see anything the night before, before the body was found. No, I have tea in the mornings, not in the evenings. (laughs) Right. Uh, Just that, just about the empty vial. Yes, I think he wanted to take a look at it, but like I said, I, I told him that I'm sure that the Broken Crown and, and the Militia Reserves did a very thorough investigation. Did you know who it was who washed up? I didn't recognize the name, no. Supposedly she wasn't from around here at all, not even a Vigapura. That's terribly sad, so far from home. Hmm. Carlotta was her name. I heard that, yes. Oh. Well, you still... You you say that the boy comes to the General's General quite often. I suppose fairly often he has to buy candy and things. Uh, All right. And where is that? Um, yes. She describes the location of the General's General. You still want her on that up there. It's right near, um, all hands on deck. Favorite spot. Love that place. So, all hands on deck is that one in the corner there. The big square one there is uh, General's General. Okay. General. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, this is interesting. I. Sounds like Senka is not a very pleasant person to work for. Oh, I, I don't know. It... Mm. <laughs> it's a house of pleasures, I. Yes. From what I gather. Mm. Sounds nice. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Uh, yes. You can try to find Aldrich if you want more information, or. I suppose you could try and find the vial. I don't know who's in possession of it at this point. Right. Either the Broken Crown or the Militia Reserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you remember about seeing the people investigating that, that morning? Anything? Um, no. Like I said, just that Senka was very mad and the Broken Crown came to take the body. and I think that's pretty much it. Right. The Broken Crown took the body, not the Militia? Originally, the Broken Crown, yes. Right. I think Senka went to them because they were very close and she wanted to get rid of the body. Right. Do you know many of the employees of (laughs) Reciprocity uh, that Um, you speak with? No, it's just Aldrich who comes in frequently and chats with me. Hmm. And do you know if he's close with the other people who work there? I, I don't. I don't mind telling you, I, I just 
wouldn't want to invade the boy's privacy. And... Of course. Maybe I'll find it myself. Y- yes. <laughs> thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. Have a good day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah. Um, I'll head back towards the Militia Reserve. Okay, heading back in the direction yeah. of the Militia Reserve. Alright. First we'll go over. It's been a while, sorry, since we checked in on Sephira on the road to Nakuzi. You make your way to Nakuzi and you arrive, you start to see coming into view the, um, the first sort of notable building on the left is the blacksmith as you ride in through to Nakuzi. I'll even bring up the Nakuzi map. It's been a while. Yeah. What are you doing over there? I got to make a joke for once. Very proud. Great. So you're coming in this way along the road. This is the blacksmith, but you know. So that's the first building you see that you're like, you know that you've arrived. You start to see some of the buildings and things. So you come on in. Where are you headed? Um, I would like to try to find the little tattoo shop. Great. I, no, I know Did that. Did you get directions there, to that? I, mean, I don't. Uh, actually, no, I don't think I do. We did. He didn't say did when he was asking for that. You test it. Yeah, oh, he no, he told us how to get there. No, I just, I don't remember. So you start to make your way up, and actually you get to about around here along the bank, because you know that you have to cross over, and you see Orba walking along the bridge, across the bridge there. Leaving, you don't know where she's coming from, but you see her moving along. I'm gonna kind of give me a perception. Okay. <laughs> and yet now I roll well. Seventeen. Seventeen. You see Sophia waving for you. Oh hi! Hi! Did you get your um? Uh, she'll like point. Like I guess are we kind of far apart at the moment? Like are we the two co- of you? Yeah. Like can we oh, you can wait for her to <laughs> oh, ride okay. up to you. Yes. Yeah. I'll... I'm, I'm heading. I'm heading there now. Actually, you oh, right. prepare some things, I guess. Okay. Did you ask him about the um, the the storm? Okay. Here we go. Uh, oh, you got information. Oh my what? goodness, you're going to be so excited. Okay. So okay. so he gave me he gave me a sketchbook, right? Okay. Okay. So Sounds like fun. to be like, here's all of my styles of artwork that you right, can right? choose yeah, from. Yeah. Okay. So we've got yeah. whales. Oh, nice. We've got trees. <laughs> we've got this stuff, and then boom, it's oh, in the right, sketchbook. Okay, and so did you? What did he say? Okay, so he, I, I, I'm fairly certain that he's lying, but he was saying <laughs> that um, that sailors and like dock workers get these kinds of tattoos, uh, or specifically this one, to like be like, I survived this storm or whatever. Um, well, like that's a, definitely a lie. Well, I caught them in it too because I was like, where do they get it? Like right here, and he was like, yeah, like somewhere where people could show it off. And yeah, that's like, absolutely. We know that to not be the case. Yeah, but I, I was diligent. I no, actually... no, I appreciate it. No, that's oh, okay. good. I wonder and... what would happen if yeah. when I go in there with you, uh-huh. if I was just like, give me one of these, right here, slap it on my shoulder. Would he, would he <laughs> slap it on my shoulder? Do you think he'd warn me? Because it on no. shoulder. I don't, I don't actually want it on my shoulder. You, right? might, just, you might just have a tattoo on your shoulder. <laughs> no, just kidding. Well, I don't want it because I, gotcha. especially I don't want it because I don't know what it means. Yeah. So if it's a huge fuck you, then I don't want. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's what it is. I, I also, think obviously, they're part of some kind of secret society. But I, yeah, something maybe. Obviously. But also, um, I, we updated Leto. You're not here. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, you're <just> <laughs> I, I 
already stopped by Letos to inform him to meet us at the alehouse. Oh, when brilliant. I did, I asked him if if Roy had survived any kind of crazy storm or anything, and Letos knew nothing of it and, and seriously doubted that that would have occurred. So yeah, yeah, more. He's caught in the lie. I just did more questions and stuff. It's kind of a bummer that we don't think he'd warn me. You think that maybe... If you want to try and call his bluff, then I'm go probably right going to try, but then I'm going to regret it because I don't want... I'll change my mind last minute, right? So I'll say I want this one and then I can change my mind and say, Oh no, I've actually I've rethunk it. And I think that now I want these angel wings. <laughs> Wait, so you're getting a I tattoo? want these angel wings. <laughs> I, I figured you only live once. You can, oh, I yes, you can get the tattoo by all means. Yeah, I mean, only uh, really... To be to be frank, I don't care so much. I do just want to see if he'll he'll try to warn me off it. Yeah, you could also like barter and be like, oh, ten gold. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I suppose. Whatever you want. All right. Pretty cool stuff, though. Yeah, actually, nice work. I guess. Yeah. I figured that we could actually probably afford to go and talk to the the gravekeeper. Um, oh right. Who was the one apparently who? You know, kind of made the connection that these two people had two tattoos? Yes, that's not a bad idea. Um, should I go do that first? Well, you're here. I know, I am here now. <laughs> okay. Give it a try, I like the idea. Alright, we'll try it. We'll try it. We will try it. Anything else exciting happened to you while I was away? No. Bummer. I met that guy, um, the guy that we... Um, uh, we went to that uh, martial arts sort of viewing demonstration. Oh, yeah. Who was doing that? Yeah, he uh, quite spooky actually. He he knows people who um, trained with people that I trained with, which oh. not great. Don't really want people to know who I am or why you know I'm here. But he offered to maybe help me out with my bow. The cool one. The cool one. <laughs> and I'm thinking that I'm going to take him up on it because. I, I figure I could use some help with the bow, but that's great. It's not a terrible idea, right? I'm not walking no. into a trap. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either, so I just wanted to run it by you. Having instructors is helpful. Yeah, I, I don't want people to obviously know that I'm a deserter. I'm trying to say that like quietly, looking around, I know, I'm like, no. <laughs> like, is, is that the problem? Like, if, I mean, not probably not here, but if I run into the wrong person, then yeah, maybe. Like they could, they could like take you away. I mean, ostensibly right now, um, I, I, no one's looking for me actively. Uh -huh. But yes, if someone could, yeah, if I ran into the wrong person, they could take me away for being a deserter. I'm not really in the right part of the world for that, but. Oh. Your military has some serious reach. Well. I, they do tell you you can't leave. It's pretty. It's a strict rule. It's really the one rule. It's one of the main rules. You can't break. Yeah. That was my rule too. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, okay. Well, let's go try your theory, and maybe you'll get a tattoo of a horrible thing that we don't know what the meaning. Angel wings. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. Alright. So you guys head back. <laughs> oh man, please get this tattoo on your fucking forehead, man. <laughs> I, I survived a storm. <laughs> so when you get back to the tattoo parlor, you can already see through the like oversized windows that Butez is setting up for the job at hand. 
near the chair that has the kind of armrest in front of it that's used for the sort of upper body artistry. He's rolled over a little table that's on wheels, and on that little table he's put some small bowls, some inks, you see some needles kind of laid out. And he's leaning over so this kind of thin hair is like draped over the sides of his face. And he's very closely inspecting like a, a piece of parchment that may have the sketch that he made of your of your flower. So he's kind of looking at it very closely, making sure that he like has all the right inks laid out for it, all the correct tools. He massages his hands as he's looking at it to kind of ready them. And then you can see him kind of hold them out to like inspect the stillness of his hands. And he goes back to kind of massaging them. Did they look still? You're way too Okay. <laughs> you noticed that it didn't go like this. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, do you want to have your conversation with him before he starts on my tattoo? Um, no. Because if I do that, then he might try to actually tattoo me. Well, when he asked me, he had to like do a sketch and like prepare some stuff. I know, but I figure if it's one of the designs straight, you know I mean? I don't know what you've got. Oh, I got something fancy. That's what I figured. Oh, okay. Um. All right. That's fine, though. All right. You knock on the door, and you hear a little bit of shuffling. Door opens, Butez is there, sort of thin hair, long, sort of lanky body. I have everything ready to go. Any last-minute thoughts or changes? No. And you've brought somebody with you. Yep. Moral support? Uh, yeah, I, I moral support, and I also thought I'd check out your work, so... Please do, come in. He lets you guys in. Once again, he leads you into that studio space. Inks lined up against the wall. All kinds of art plastered on one area. Sketchbooks, portraits, all kinds of things. So I have things set up here. You put your hand up and rest your arm so it doesn't get tired. And I will first start with the basic black outline. And then we will go from there. Okay, before you begin, do you need any of the quartz that they have? That will be done last. So okay. you said you wanted to break it into two sessions. Yeah. So we will definitely not be doing that now in this session. Understood. Uh, is there anything I can help you with? Something you want to look at? I believe your friend actually took yeah, my sketchbook. Yeah, she's got the little oh. book. Um, and I'm kind of... I got it. There you go. Yeah, uh, uh, let me have a look through here and... Um... Probably have some questions, if that's alright. Sure, anything you want. I um I quite like <laughs> Stop it. Okay, sorry. I quite like um uh this one. If I were to get that somewhere, you know, sort of I could do that, yes. Right. Okay. It's a popular design. I don't wanna, you know. I've given it a couple of times, yes. I don't know if you two converse, but sailors sometimes get storm tattoos to indicate that they've survived some kind of harsh weather. I don't know if that means anything to you, but... Huh. Harsh weather, okay. Right. And it, this, this, um... It's not like a, a popular thing around here. I, I'm, I'm a bit self-conscious, right, about looking uh, similar to other people. You just don't want to have the same one as... Uh, yeah, I'd like to think of myself as, um, unique. You might so have to design your own. All of those ones in the sketchbook are ones that I've given to at least one other person. Right, of course. Okay, well, thanks. I'll keep looking. Right. Would you like to get ready? Yeah. Right, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> he starts to she prepare. His hair is kind of looking around and 
So as you guys are sitting there prepping for Orba's tattoo. Oh god. What makes you think it's about you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean the music just changed to chamber music. To shit music. <laughs> to I'm going and then to I changed it to something like music. You descend the staircase into the cellar. And you immediately catch a whiff of stale perspiration. Like a training dojo that hasn't been aired out after oh, a yeah. rigorous training session. Oh. After reaching the bottom, you find yourself in a simple storage space. There's shelves with spare sheets, pillows, and rags, as well as cleaning supplies, brooms, mops, buckets, scrub brushes, you know, things for the housekeeping staff. Sounds of labored breathing get louder and come in panicked, short bursts as Senka leads you to the far wall, where a shackled, blindfolded, and cloth-gagged man sits upright and sort of turned away as he tries to get a read on hearing the two sets of footsteps that he hears coming now. He's human, maybe in his late 30s, fairly good physical shape, clean-shaven with a mop of black hair atop his head. This man, Wes, he calls himself. He comes to me last night. That is why I was not present when you came by to ask your questions. He says he has information about Mr. Two. He says he's heard of my predicament. He says I should pay him for this information. But what he does not know is that I am already paying someone for this information. He doesn't believe me, so I tell him he'll have to wait while I fetch you. He tries to reverse his position. He's getting nervous, I can tell. He says that actually, in fact, he knows nothing. That it was a foolish attempt to swindle me into giving out a handsome reward. He tries to leave, but I think in this moment it is important for him to meet you. So Mr. One apprehends him and he brings him down here. Now. You get to do what I am paying you for, extracting information. I leave it to you to determine if he does indeed know anything about Mr. Two and what to do with him after that. Call housekeeping if you make a mess. And she sort of turns. Oh my God. Heads up the staircase. Did he tell you anything yet? I leave that to you. You hear the cellar door kind of close. And there's like one candle kind of flickering in the basement here. <laughs> Wes, is it? He can hear you, but he's gagged. I mean, it's a cloth gag. You could take it off. He's also blindfolded. So he has <clears> one here, one here, and he's shackled to the ground. You know about Mr. Two. Hmm. You don't know about Mr. Two. You can see he's trying to like loosen the gag a little bit. I can I reach in there? Yeah. Can I? Loose... There's no cage or anything. Oh, he's just shackled just to the there. wall. Like, oh. to the, yeah. Can I loosen it but not take it all the way out? Sure. Give me a sleight of hand check. Which hand? Twelve. Twelve. You kind of reach out and just kind of 
pull at it a little bit and shake it a little bit, and you get it so it pulls down kind of to his chin. He's still blindfolded, but you're able to kind of release his mouth a little bit. It's all just a scam. I don't know anything. I just heard about Mr. Two missing, and I thought I could run a bit of a con. I've done it before, just give a fake tip and take the money and skip town. I don't know anything. What were you going to tell her? I don't know, I was going to make something up. I just say that uh, I saw him somewhere or, or knew something and then I take the money and, and when she goes to look, I, I'm gone. You really are, are that desperate for money? No, desperate I would say. Just, I work on one of the ships, so I go to the different ports. It's, it's easy to run a scam and be out of town, make a bit of extra money. How did you find out about him? Someone on my ship used to, I don't know, work with him, kind of. Could you take the blindfold off, please? Do I think he's telling the truth? Make an inside check. Four. You, it's hard to tell in this kind of manic state. You do get the sense that maybe if you were able to calm him a little bit, you might be able to get a better read on him. But sort of right now in his sort of hysteria, it's very difficult to, to get a read on him. I take the blindfold off. <laughs> Not going to hurt you right away. Make a persuasion check. Mm, right away. <laughs> 18. There's a shipmate of mine, Larry, Larry Wise. And um, the boat that we work on is called the Lula Canada. And um, he works the, the, the route from Dilasun to, to um, Navikapura. Mm. And um, one thing that he's always in charge of is filling an order for Senka. Magical supplies for wizards or whatever. I guess Dilasun's a good place to get that stuff for cheap, so... This Mr. Two would come to the short ports to collect the shipment. Well, this time when we docked, apparently she sent somebody different, not Mr. Two, and only wanted half of the supplies, right? So Larry thought that this meant that something had happened to Mr. Two, and he just sort of offhandedly mentioned that Senka would be distraught if that was the case, if something had happened to Mr. Two. So I got the idea, okay, I go to her, I say, I've got some information, you know, Give me a bit of money and I'll give you the information. I, and I do, and, and then, and that's it. I just get the money. And then I'm off on the ship and I'm out of here. Who was the person that was sent instead? I, I don't know. You'd have to talk to Larry. It wasn't my job, like I said, to, to meet with the ship. And where is this port at? The short ports, here. Why do you think they only picked up half? I don't know. And do you know what kind of magical supplies it was? No. Is there anything additional that he would pick up when he came? I don't know. Whatever that shipment was. It's not my shipment. That's what I said. You can relax. Is there anything else you know about him over the years? Or her process? Mr. Two or Larry or? Mr. Two. No, I don't know Mr. Two. I never met him. It wasn't my job to meet with him. Did he ever have conversations with Larry? Uh, probably. They met to exchange goods. 
Hmm. Have you ever seen Mr. Two outside of the ports? No. Never at the bar? No. Is he telling the truth? Make me touch it. That one's better. Uh, 14. 14. It's... You're not confident that he's lying. It's possible that, you know, his buddy Larry, or the guy that he works with, Mr. Two would come to the docks to meet for this meeting, and so he would recognize Mr. Two if he saw him, presumably, because he sees this exchange take place. You don't get the impression that him and Mr. Two have a relationship at all, but maybe that he had seen him around, or at least, you know, would... You know, you're not sure that he saw him at the bar, but that they've run... They've crossed paths, maybe, before Do you know of anyone else looking for him? No. Who's looking for him? I don't know. But there could be someone looking for him and he's on the run. Okay. What's that to me? I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this. I have something on the line here, too. I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what she wants from me. She doesn't like many people poking around in her business if she doesn't contract them to do so. Yeah, I got that. (laughs) Who brought you in here? The the wizard she had with her cast a spell or something and I couldn't move and then they brought me down here. (laughs) How long were you unable to move for? I don't know, just a minute or so until they brought me down here and shackled me. And when was that? Last night. Do you know anything about the murders that have been happening around here? What? It's a simple question. No! I'm not from here. Please, you have to let me go. It was just stupid. It was just for money. If you've been in a position where you've never had to scrape together a little bit of extra money, then I envy you. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be able to just let you walk out of here unscathed. She is a demanding person. And she will not be happy with me if I don't look like I at least roughed you a bit. Okay, what if um, the Lula Kanata's scheduled to, to go out this afternoon? Right, soon. To, back to Dilla soon. I could, um, I could sneak you onto the ship. You could talk to Larry. Okay. Is he... Do you think he'd be willing to talk to me? I I don't know. All right. If you can do that... Then you don't have to rub me up. Hmm. Just... (laughs) Maybe... to say, but a punch to the eye might just be the ticket. And if you could make a very loud sound, that would be helpful. Yes. Okay, fine. When should I get to the ports? 
I, I, I'll walk with you there now. Well, then I will have to escort you out. Okay. If they see me in chains at the port, they're gonna ask questions. I'm going to hit you first, unchain you, and have you in my arms when you, when we leave. You talking to? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. She hears like conscience over her shoulder. Like, the five of you. Shut up. Four. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lose it. She's in the basement, like sniffing this guy's sweat. She's like, all right. Okay. Shut up, guys. Are you ready? Yeah. And she's gonna wind up. Uh, roll me an attack roll. It's gonna hit because he knows it's coming and he's chained up, but give me the power of the punch. Okay, so uh, 18. So I guess it hits whatever. Yep. Um, um, so you unarmed strike. No, well, I already hit. Yeah, it's the, I'm so measuring the strength, but also, uh, so what's the unarmed strike damage? Four bludgeon right? damage. And he kind of hits against the wall. His make, nose is bleeding a little. I'm gonna make a and he kind of looks up and like his nose, sort of a bruise forming immediately, <laughs> sort of at the base of the, sort of where his cheekbone is. You of all people. She's gonna be like, exactly! Now let's go! And I'm gonna undo him and then wrap his arms around him and put, force him up the stairs. Okay. Start to walk him up the stairs. Whoa. We go over to. Mm. Erlen's sitting at the bar, sort of <laughs> taking in the information he just got from this monk of the Temple of the Forked Tongue, sitting there kind of trying to calm your sort of <clears throat> incensed nature, sort of the insult of it, but also maybe contemplating what this might mean for tomorrow, the combat, maybe a chance to prove yourself in some way. And as you're sitting there, Someone takes a seat next to you, very quickly, kind of quickly sits down. And they're wearing a kind of pale blue robe, void of any markings or embellishments. He has a very stiff posture. And he immediately puts one hand on the table and then clasps the other hand over the top of it. And he looks, and he kind of waits for you to meet his eyes. You travel with a tiefling, a young wizard. Yes, you're one of her protectors. Your presence is requested at a meeting in Nakuzi, if you would be so kind to join us. What? Right now? Yes. We'll be taking the steed away, which is yet to be open to the public, but we are assured is fully operational for the purposes of our travel. Uh... Uh, yeah, uh, sure, yes, um, uh, yes, all right, let's go, um, sort of have a half thing of wine there and I'll just wave at Satiria. Satiria kind of sees this interaction happen, she kind of, is that? (laughs) 
I'll start like giving a thumbs up and then like a, a shrug as well. It's like, Oh and a wink and a yeah. wink and a waka waka. Erland out. <laughs> what? And you start to fall. He gives one of these. <laughs> Graven moves through the streets of Wampranina. Yeah, sorry. And your path is intercepted by a man with a neutral face. Stands with a stiff posture. Avengers assemble. One hand clasped over the other. He's wearing a pale blue robe, void of any markings or embellishments. Oh, God. You travel with a tiefling, a young wizard. <gasps> Where is she? We request your presence at a meeting in Nakusi if you would be so kind as to join us. <gasps> is she all right? Now, if you would. <gasps> we'll be taking the steed away. <laughs> Who sent you? That is not for me to tell. This is not an apprehension. You may refuse. Will she be there? Yes. Now. Yes. Lead the way. I was told you would be traveling with one other. Where is she? She's busy. All right then, come with me. Will I need my armor? No. Do I have time to get it? No. Oh, jeez. Lead. He kind of bows, and he starts to walk. Over in Nakuzi, you hear a knock at the door, just as Butez has kind of dipped a needle in the ink. (laughs) (laughs) And he's holding it kind of over your hand, and he's got your hand just kind of out, and he's just sort of placing the prick on the end, and you hear a... Oh, no. One moment. Okay. You hear him go over to the door. Yeah, one second. There's somebody here to see both of you. What? I don't know. Is it the half-elf? It's not an elf, no. Okay. I, I suppose send them in? Why don't you come to the door? I don't like letting sure. people in who aren't yeah, here no, for no problem. And I'm gonna kind of walk, walk up to the door. Our secretary <laughs> See a man with a very neutral face. Stiff posture. One hand clasped over the other. <clears throat> He's wearing a pale blue robe, void of any markings or embellishments. Can we... You travel can... together? You travel with this tiefling here, the wizard? Y- yes. We request your presence at a meeting here in Nakuzi. If you would be so kind as to join us. Both of us? Yes. You know this guy? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, right now? Yes. How would we... Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, or we'll go and like grab our things. Sure. Really yeah. quick. Um, I suppose we could reschedule this. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of stands... Sort of in the back. He's not like trying to listen in on the conversation, but he's saying he's got his like equipment all set up and ready to go. I'm terribly sorry. Um, something has come up. I, I need to leave immediately. That's all right. We can try and do it all in one session, like you were planning on coming back. All right. I'll see you um, tomorrow. Keep obviously all of the gold. Uh, we'll talk about it, but I'm, I'm, I have to go. All right. That's fine. 
Can I have my sketchbook back in case someone else? Oh, comes? sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. And um, I, so I can prep things for you. You still decided on the symbol? You know what? Call me undecided for now. Um, I'll sleep on it. Okay. See you later then. Thank you for your time. You guys turn one. For Erland and Graven, you're led to two places that you're unfamiliar with in your various cities. First of all, in uh, Naupa. Erland is brought to the kind of south, just to the southeast of where you started. Um, in at the Upa Ale House, you started here, and you start to go down to here. And it looks like, not unlike, but with less kind of uh, pomp and circumstance, the uh, Melvin Hogg's Memorial. It's kind of an older stone building that looks like maybe it was once purposed for something else. And it looks very much under construction. Like, it looks like it's not finished yet. You even recognize, as you start to approach and head into the building, you see a couple of the people that you spoke to at the Inn at Nagarwas. You see Willie and some of the other laborers were kind of lifting some large pieces of stone and putting them into the place. A couple people kind of see you as you go by and you even get like a... It doesn't seem to stop you as you walk through. And for Graven... Oh my gosh, so cool. You go... I my armor or my shield or my mace. In Wamparanina... Unloaded. He leads sure you back in the direction of the Militia Reserve. And just to the north of the Militia Reserve is a sort of older, again, sort of crumbling building that's currently looking like it's starting to be reinforced. The, uh, the exterior sort of, you can see kind of scaffolding built up. It looks like it's being reinforced with stone rather than just the kind of wood walls that it once was. Once again, very much under construction. He leads you inside. You head down a deep stairwell, both of you. Not unfamiliar to you after your foray through the Melvin Hogg's memorial building. It's a passage that leads down to a dimly lit tunnel. A bit of warmth swirling around your ankles as you touch down on the fine gravel, indicating that perhaps the malice tanks are working as intended. You remember that they give off a little bit of warmth. <clears throat> You're glad to find that to be the case, because standing before you, shuffling and twitching ever so slightly in the pulverized sand, is an enormous spider with a flat abdomen and a thorax that has allowed them to affix a pair of seats to its back. More than just saddles, the seats have backrests, essential for moving at these high speeds so you don't roll backwards off the back of the spider. And it looks like there's straps on the rear where one could theoretically attach small parcels, a bit of luggage, not a lot, but a little bit of space there. The spines on the tips of its legs give it excellent traction in the soft ground. You can see it kind of sort of scratching it where it's digging into the ground there. You've stepped on that before when you had the sort of fighting the steer away. And despite its arachnid appearance, it has a kind of frenetic energy, almost like that of a puppy. No! Though it's continuously protruding and retracting its fangs, kind of reminding you that this is a creature that one must always take <clears throat> care around, even with the most experienced handlers. And sitting up in one of the seats, for each of you, it's a different person, obviously, is what looks like to be one of these handlers, sort of carefully holding what are look like horse reins, but attached to some of the front legs of the steeders. And they sort of reach a hand down to you. You ever ridden a steeder before? 
pulls Graven up. Pulls yeah, Earl up. Right. Okay, alright. <laughs> and they both kind of look to you. You just lean back in your chair, relax your neck so you don't pull anything. And once we get moving, you breathe through your nose. Because opening your mouth gets a throat full of dust. It'll send you into a coughing fit. You ready? <laughs> No. Rolla sort of pulls Sephira's cloak around his uh, sure. mouth. Yeah, similarly, like a piece of tunic <laughs> or something. Yeah, like. hold it up. <laughs> All right then. All right. <laughs> and that's where we're gonna end for the. No! Oh! I want to pat the spider. <laughs> the rope guys didn't come with us. They did just... not come with you. Right okay. now, it's just you and the handler that's riding on uh, top the steamer. Okay. And Erland and Graven are on their way to Nakuzi. Did Cliff come calling? Oh my To meet with Saphir and Orba in a reunion of sorts oh. after a couple long days or day and a half. Leaving all the bullshit <laughs> and bringing... <laughs> and Bizarre will have to see what she can dig up about Mr. Two That's oh, over boy. at the ports. The I need you, before we end for the evening, I need you to give me five D20 rolls that may determine how things go, good or bad. Oh. At the you want a big one? She doesn't trust it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I've seen the things that they do. No, no, no. Hey, look. Well, that's cocked. I love these steeders so much. Seven. So okay. cool. We don't so get to ride them. Eleven. Eleven. Oh, wait. Okay. No, we're not taking the steeder way. We're in seven. Seven. I wanted to bet, pet its little ass. How many am I doing? Pretty. Two more. I wanted to give it a little bop on the thorax. Pet its butt. Thirteen. Thirteen. Let's <laughs> try. <laughs> Nine. Nine. Alright. That will determine sort of some of the events that take oh, place no. over I in the short I never had course. that many low rolls. <laughs> no. That is where we will end for this evening with very much a meeting on the horizon. Oh, we have to sit with that for two weeks. <laughs> uh, a good reminder that tomorrow we are off. Sit with your tomorrow. Next week. Oh, next, oh, next week. week. Oh, my tomorrow we are off. We are. Do we, we're, we're not, not on tomorrow. Uh, next week we are off. That's, Happy that's Thanksgiving that's once that's again. Oh, goodness. Um, when Happy we return, we will find out who has come a calling and what the party will get to say to each other once they potentially reunite in that he was not gonna be at the meeting. It's the Baron. It's the Baron getting together everyone who's not you. He's like, the oh, only shit. person I needed. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Well, the Baron invited oh, you. I interrupted your day. Better make it back in time for the Bjorn concert. <laughs> Dude, Leto's gonna be there being like, Oh no, Leto! Leto! Ditch. Oh, no. I want Graven to go get, get the candy from the know. kid. Don't remind me of I want to beat the snot out of the guy I don't think we are ditching him. Well, I mean. It's very fast on the steeders. It's yes. very it fast on the steeders. So we can maybe still meet him Probably. for lunch? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey Cliff, I know that like we've been waiting a long time to talk to you, but we do no, have a we lunch date. We have yeah. a lunch date. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the give us the bullet points. Bullet points and then we'll go. I would have killed him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I probably. Oh, we're still alive, so we should probably stop at some point. You yeah, well, you know. But thank you guys Loose once ends. again. Thank you so much for Loose joining ends. us. Who are we killing? I would have killed the guy in the basement. Why? Then you We'll discuss him that. There's still after, time. In the uh, Peeking Me the Veil after hours. I'm going to kill everyone that. on the boat and steal the boat. All right. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Seriously. Oh, we have a great time, you. and we're happy to have thank you joining you, us, baby. watching. Um, tune in two weeks from now to see where we're at. Um, in the meantime, the podcast will go up, and we'll have some other kind of media in the meantime. But um, that's all for us at uh, Tabletop Notch. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Happy Thanksgiving.
That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of A Peek Beneath the Veil on Tabletop Notch. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on the podcast app of your choice. There's always room in our party for more adventurers near and far. Until next time, as the Ackley Elves would say, your presence is a gift.